this week on Podcast 17. You've waited long enough, and finally, Podcast 17 has an exclusive interview with Ross Scott, creator of Civil Protection in Freeman's Mind. Also included in this episode are two quick discussions about both the newest version of Radiator and research development. You don't want to miss this extended episode. Welcome listeners to another edition of Podcast 17. This is episode 15257. On July 19th, 2009, we're running a little bit late because we got a lot of people in the call this week, um, and we had to do some pre-setup. So, without further ado, allow me to do some introductions. Topping off the list and what all the listeners have been waiting for, we got Ross Scott from Freeman's Mind and Civil Protection. Hi, Ross. Uh. (laughs) Um, Of course, we have Nikki. Richardson, our post-producer guy. We got Craig, voice of Dave on Civil Protection. <laughs> uh, we also have Dan Eckhart coming back from the grave from last week. I'm just going to go ahead and apologize now if I say anything <laughs> stupid. I haven't slept much. We got Ryan, modeler and animator of the Civil Protection series. What's up? And, of course, we have Dave from ModDB. Hello, Dave. Hello. And Thomas... Is Thomas even here right now? Yeah, I've been here for like the last 20 minutes listening to you guys. <laughs> Hi, Thomas. A stealth, Thomas. It's good to have you. You have the weekend off, I see. Yeah, I'll only get the weekends off. Actually, I'm gone in like four hours again for oh. another week. Again, oh. and again, and again until the <laughs> middle of August. Well, we'll be happy once we have you back solid. And we have Emmanuel. Hi, Emmanuel. Best for last. No, you're just at the bottom of my list. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and of course, I am William from Podcast 17. So, topping off this episode, we're going to be talking about a little bit of a contest. Uh, Modular Combat is holding a contest. Since they moved to the Episode 2 Half-Life 2 engine, the Orange Box engine, um, they want to give people a chance to get Orange Box or to get Episode 2. So, what they've done so far is, is they've set up a little form on ModDB. And you can check out the agenda, you can check out the show notes for a link for that. And uh, basically what they're asking for you to do is post three module ideas. And so basically you go on this form, you type in your module ideas, and you give like a little synopsis of what your module is. You can even put pictures in there if you really want to. And the developers are going to pick the three best, okay? What's going to happen then is after you, after the developers pick the three best, we're going to throw up a poll, which is actually probably going to be sometime this week. We're going to throw up a poll on Podcast 17. And the viewers or the fans of Modular Combat and the listeners of Podcast 17 are going to vote on their favorite module. And the winner will, of course, win um, uh, an ep- or Half-Life 2 Episode 3. And there's other prizes involved, too. So the winners will be announced on a live, our live broadcast next Sunday because we're going to be interviewing, um, we're going to be interviewing Matthew Dryden and maybe some other people from um, Modular Combat. So stay tuned for that. Head over to their right now their Mod DB profile. Check out all the information on how you can get uh, get in on this contest and start posting your ideas on the forums. Um, you can also send an email to um, modfidelity at gmail.com with your contest entries and uh, keep your eyes out for that poll on Podcast 17. So that's what's going on right now. And stay tuned next week for the interview with Modular Combat. And we've lost Ross Scott. 
Man down. Man down. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, this is, I, this is occasionally. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna He's say back. it occasionally. I was gonna say it occasionally happens when we're if, when we when we used to be taping on the old Ventrilo server. It would sometimes just shut down for no reason. Then when it would log back on, there'd be two of me on the list for some reason. Oh yeah, I hate it when Ventrilo. Yeah, he has a you, it's okay. He has a screen capture of that with me with two of me in the chat room. It's really kind of bizarre. Um, I want to apologize for last week. Um, we had some technical difficulties. I wasn't here. I was in Toronto, so I was dropping in and out. Of the podcast, and I'd like to thank Emmanuel for hosting and for it's, getting it all set up it, last minute. It's amazing the uh, the the ends of the earth I go to just for you, and it's so thankless, it really is. <laughs> Even though it was a terrible podcast, I, I still demand respect for it. It was all right. It was I. It wasn't the best, but it was probably the worst. I'll say that. Okay, so moving on to straight from Mouth Valve, who wants to take this? Who? who um, I think it's me, right? Or Thomas, but Thomas is gone now. Thomas disappeared as usual. So, well, with, what? Yeah, with that on that bombshell, okay. let's move to uh, the Team Fortress Two update releases okay. this week by Valve. Um, this is uh, just pretty standard stuff. Nothing too phantasmical here. Um, just regular old bug fixes and all that. So, we'll right along. Yeah, uh, there's nothing really special there. Yeah, the next one though. This is being someone who loves the soldier class. This is something that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, the soldier got a hold of the TF2 blog and wrote uh, a, an entire blog, and I'll just say the title: "More Dot Mumbo Jumbo for You Bunch of Women." <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just an entire rant about how to be manly, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Definitely check this out. Um, did you read this, William? Yeah, I saw it on Kotaku, and then I moved over to the blog. I didn't actually see it on the blog, though. It's it's funny how I get my news from Kotaku sometimes, be, even before I get it on my RSS. Oh, it's it's, it's good. ridiculous. The, the, we'll, we'll read a little snippet. Uh, the following is a short list of things men should be engaged in at all times. One, getting a haircut. Two, yelling. <laughs> Three, digesting ribs. And four, hill defense. It's, just, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> So read this. It's it's worth it. I wonder if they're going to be hinting at something because he mentions defense a lot. Yeah. Well, if you look at if you look at the last TF2 updates, the most fun I think I've had in it was with uh, was with uh, PL. So yeah. I'd love if they did more push maps or more defense style. Mm-hmm. Possibly and a defense. Dave loves the payload maps, don't you, Dave? Oh hell yeah! Payload is like my second type of blood. Dave, oh. what's your favorite class in TF2? Soldier. <laughs> I'm a sniper. I'm sorry, I'm a sniper. That's me oh. too, or a medic. If, if, yep. you, if you actually look at my TF2 stats, I think I have 90% of my time played as soldier. It's pretty bad. All right, I have uh, over 400 hours clocked in the sniper class. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my God. One... 400. <laughs> You know, you know they, you know that the, there's millions and millions of dollars invested into getting rid of cancer every year. If you just spent that 400 hours doing research, you would probably save so many lives. Yeah, but to put it into perspective, um, I've played, what is it, 40 hours of um, engineer is the one underneath it. Oh really? Thanks to Piker, I've only played 30 hours of Quake Wars combined of everything. <laughs> this is, this is uh. since its release, though, so. That's what happens when you get a history degree. I, I guess. <laughs> you know, writing papers and stuff with your posts. Exactly. 
Exactly. I, I, didn't have time, I didn't have time to do this in college. I had to, like, you know, squeeze an hour in between writing two other things. <laughs> Whoa, did, did the computer scientist just complain about writing papers? I think yeah, he I, did. No, I will not have to write many papers, actually. That I know. That's what I'm saying. You don't... You don't understand his plight. Well, I can understand. I can understand hey. his plight, though. I still feel for him. He's a whole IQ level. Honestly, honestly once you get used to writing twenty-page papers about obscure things, you just—I mean—you just kind of make yourself do it. After, I, I was going to say, what's the biggest research paper you've ever written? About? The longest one I did was probably forty-some pages. What? Double yeah, space. Yeah. Time is... Roman point. Was it about um, organs from the first person's perspective? No, it was about. What was it about? I can't remember. I have them saved on here somewhere. Oh yeah, it was about the populist political movement in the late 19th century. That sounds enthralling. What? Does that even mean? <laughs> Articles. I, I told you it was obscure. I warned you. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I think after this <sighs> interview, I'm not going to look at Craig. I'm going to be looking I, at Craig in a whole different light when I watch this. I know, hearing that voice saying intelligent <laughs> things is just so baffling, isn't it? It's like, you know, my grad thing, I, I, I briefly considered writing for my, for, you know, my post-grad degree. I was like, you know, ethnicity and language in the Austrian Empire impartially considered. <laughs> Craig, you are not allowed to say smart things on this podcast anymore. Yeah, you no, now you're not. Have you to... have to use... Okay, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be sure to I'll be sure to turn basketball back on and start laughing. At it. <laughs> there you go. Makes you feel any. Just pretend you're a ninja. Just pretend you you're what. a ninja. We'll go. <laughs> I'll hook you up with a DVD copy of Kazam, and then you. Oh my god! <laughs> I, just, I, just, no, no, no. I just saw the review for that on Nostalgic Critics. <laughs> god, I... that's right. I, I, Shaq is truly the genius Hemingway of our generation, and could you mock that makes me cry a little on the inside. I am because I am. Okay, let's let's finish off uh, from the mouth of valve so we can get to uh, filleting uh, radiator. So uh, the last bit here is Left for Dead update, which is once again pretty self-explanatory. Um, they just added some support uh, for playing with friends and uh, the Steam group server thing. Which is a cool feature that they should really embellish more, but they haven't. So we'll see how that pans out. And, and server browser, right? Didn't they add the server browser too, or something? Yes, yes, they. Well, they added a lobby browser, so you can. Um, it pulls down a um, a list of lobbies best suited for you, as opposed to just dumping you into one. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yes, it, it is a very nice update. But yeah, but fair. Um, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? I mean, the lobbies normally are about four to eight people large, and from my experience in Left 4 Dead, they fill up pretty damn quickly. So, you know, yeah. doesn't it's like, oh, there's a no, it's it's cool. <laughs> it gives you a different option, and that's always good. I think like I think I think people like freedom of choice. It's like with the old one system. Remember, you would go like play multiplayer and it just throw you in some random game. Back when yeah, I'm feeling lucky. Click. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm now playing that. the Czechoslovakia server. <laughs> and that was back in the day too, when you know, when ping wasn't, when when you got a ping, it wasn't made of numbers. In my mind, ping was actually colors. So green was good. <laughs> and I, I remember t telling my friends about ping and just relating it in bars and colors. There was no numbers there. But I, but I'm on red ping, guys. Yeah, guys. <laughs> This red, is impossible. Red is a rad color. I don't understand. The sad thing is, is they've gone back to that in Left 4 Dead. They've added those little colored icons. Yeah, I know. It's so infuriating. 
Wow. I mean, it, it just makes you think, do the coders at Valve just sit there in front of a keyboard just bashing their heads against and trying to code in the words of green and blue into it? <laughs> like, Gabe, why is, why is the C++ not accepting red? It's a, it's a, it's a good value. What the hell? <laughs> what, what, what ping is blue? What level is blue? That's, perfect. That's, that's Quake 4. That's perfect Jump ping. Oh. That's like, you are God. You have no ping. Therefore, yeah, it is blue. That's sub-10 right there. Not that we know what that means, but well, with with the, there's enough of that, I guess. Should we move on to uh, releases? Right. And before we start releases, I just want to mention a new sort of thing we're starting on Podcast Seventeen, and it's really exciting. I'm actually really enjoying this, and I think it's going to be great. We're doing preview videos, and if you've been sort of paying attention to Planet Fill Up or our Vimeo page for some reason over the week, or ModDB or YouTube or whatever. Um, you have noticed that we've already posted two preview videos, and what we're going to be doing is every Wednesday and Saturday, we're going to post, um, a short video, about three to four minutes, about, you know, the releases that have been turned out. So on Wednesday, it's going to be from Sunday till Wednesday, what has been turned out, turned out, and sort of a rundown of what it was. And then on Saturday, it's going to be from, you know, whatever's left over on Wednesday till the day we record on Saturday. And now... William, that, just yes. just a quick question. Um, these mods that you have, is there some sort of criteria that they need to fulfill in order to get onto this said video, or is it just well, anything under the blue moon? That's that's a that's a good question. Um, we're doing two videos on Wednesday and Saturday, one single player and one's multiplayer, so they're already split up in that sort of genre. But uh, to answer your question, no, we pretty much do everything. If it's posted on Planet Philip, if it's if it's just like a single map, we won't do it. But if it's posted on Planet Philip and if he has a review for it and a little entry for it, if it's on ModDB, um, basically anything that we talk about here on the show, we'll be putting in these preview videos. So something worth mentioning, but uh, you know we can also have some of the less of the less, bottom of the barrel sort of stuff. But without further ado, um, I'm going to play the two videos because they summarize the release list for this week. And I think it's a lot better because people can watch it. People can see what's going on. Unfortunately, there's going to be some people who can't see it. Um, they can see what's going on instead of them just hearing us talk about it. So here we go. I'm going to queue up the first one right now. Well, we've got some interesting releases. On Av for Half-Life 2. This is a entry for the Source Modification Center's Mapping Competition 2. That means it's four years old. It's not to be confused with some of the other competition entries recently published. It's another escape from the prison deal, going from small corridors to huge areas. Features combine architecture and lots of long balconies. Make sure you look up. Next up, before for Half-Life 1. You start at the bow of a ship and need to work your way into the interior. Features plenty of gameplay in a small area and an interesting end of level boss. Your objective is to find the hidden crystal. There are two versions available, the full and the light. The light is missing the music and most of the high-definition models. Next, Black Ops Redure for Half-Life 1. This is an unofficial remake of Black Ops using PsyOps's rebirth code. High-resolution models and three new weapons are included. There are no changes to the original levels or story. If you hadn't already guessed, you play as a Black Op and you've gotta love the silenced pistol. Lastly, we have Mars 002 for Half-Life 2 Episode 2. This is another entry for the Source Modification Center's mapping competition, but competition 4, the most recent. 
You find yourself in an empty underground base. You need to explore the base carefully because who knows what's around the next corner. And finding weapons is harder than you think. Only two releases in this second part, but one is worth a hundred. Firstly, Mission to Mars. This is the fourth and final entry for the Source Modification Center's Mapping Competition 4. It features an underground base with doors that require codes and a few cutscenes where the player slides under the partially open doors. The final fight scene is quite cool. Research and development. Wow. This mod is incredible. Partly because it's completely designed around puzzles, but not your normal find the key type. Oh no, much more. Apparently this was made in six months, which is even more impressive. This is quite possibly the best mod ever made. Yes, it's that good. Don't take my word for it. Download it and play it. Alright, so we're back and those are the uh, releases for this week. Just to summarize, I guess. Before for Half-Life 1, ONAF Prison for Half-Life 2, Radiator, which wasn't covered in the previews, um, which we're going to be talking about in a sec. Black Operations mod revamp for Half-Life 1, Mars 002 for Half-Life 2 Episode 2, and Research and Development um, for Half-Life 2. So I guess, Emmanuel, take us away. Before is really disappointing. I, that looked like it was going to be good too, like kind of silly, but... It, you know, it we've talked about it. We've talked about it on the podcast before. Um, notice the pun. But uh, this is with uh, new, new models and new renders and sort of a high definition pack of it. So... Yeah, so in other words, it comes with a new feature of 10 frames a second. That's yeah. <laughs> my favorite feature. It yeah. actually does run really crappy. I it does. It, it was just funny, too, because there were mods in Half-Life 2 that were looking three times, a million times better that we played this week that just ran also 50 times better. Mm -hmm. So tell us about yeah. Radiator 1, too, because that wasn't covered in the preview, and it deserves every bit oh, of could, First I, of all, I just feel like a, like a complete nutter asshole because we interviewed this guy a few weeks back. You remember that? Mm -hmm. um, I heard that one. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could go back and uh, and interview him again. Because <laughs> after playing Radiator 2, it's just, you really get the sense that he's doing something really amazing here. Yeah. Radiator 2 is just so good. Radiator 1 was kind of annoying, but 2 was, oh. Did you, you play? Do you want to hear something oh, yeah. really cool about Radiator 2? Okay, um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the Enthusiast Press very much, but uh, on ModDB we actually get these things called, um, well, I can't really think of the name right now. God, I'm an idiot. Anyway, um, we get like referral links basically back from articles and uh, stuff like that that we create. Uh, part of the, the things that we do on ModDB is like uh, give promotional and um, bumps to releases as you probably see from the uh, rotator and whatnot. The thing with the rotator is that that is connected to an RSS feed which goes to a lot of enthusiast press sites. Now a lot of these releases, if they are good enough, will get covered on enthusiast press sites like Rock Paper Shotgun and Shack News and you know all those types of things. Radiator actually did get covered by the enthusiast press. So that just goes to show how much of a good job this guy is actually doing making these things. Yeah, it's like a totally unique experience, and you get into the mod. I do have Fraps videos of me just losing and losing and losing before I actually fully understood what I had to do. But it's interesting. Mm. It's almost like a combination of, uh, of you know, puzzle solving and Creed climbing. That's sort of how I can explain Radiator 1, 2 handle. I love me some Creed's. I know. It's it, good it was stuff. Just, it's just so it's, fun. It's, it's, 
it's impossible trying to quantify it because you can't quantify it on a first-person shooter experience. You can't compare it to, to half-life. Why don't you just rever reverse the polarities? That'll fix something, right? <laughs> but you, do I'm you sorry, I had to make that reference. <laughs> you, can't, you can't compare it. It's like trying to, to, to describe the dark side of the moon to someone who doesn't like oldies rock. It's, it's not your typical experience. It's just... It's really not. The, right. It's... it's I think of it as like Half Quake. Half Quake technically is a terrible game because it just makes you angry. It just it's there to make your life miserable. But because you're fighting the game in this kind of uh, breaking the fourth wall sense, it just makes it that much more interesting. It's just it's so fantastic. And it, this is the only mod or game I should say where I actually came away with it, came away from it, having been. It, it made me feel something it didn't it, it i didn't have a lot of fun playing it but i definitely felt kind of you know in tune with the characters and it was really just you don't get that a lot so it's true it, you, you get a real good sense of accomplishment and when when you lose because you can lose or when you screw up enough you really do feel bad for the characters because they do this sort of uh dramatic cut screen at the end no matter what happens and it really makes you feel for these characters and sort of gives you an idea of what they've been going through and how they've been living their lives, and you hope their future will be bright, because you almost feel like you are those characters. It's really moving, actually. It is, it is. And I, all I can say is play the first one, Radiator 1. It does come with Radiator 2, of course. Play the first one, just try and sift through the dialogue. You might not like the dialogue, but it's, it's pretty good. And it'll set you up for the second one, so that right. way when you're in the second one, you're not confused, and you're actually in the, in the groove of it. And I have to say, I'm looking forward to the third one, and I hope he keeps doing these, because... I was utterly blown away by this, and just like I said, one of the best experiences I've ever had in front of my computer. Talk about some mod skills, though, too. Eh? I mean, the guy, he says he comes from, he, he worked on Black Mesa Source. Let me just say right now, I'm glad he quit or stopped working on Black Mesa Source and decided to do this. Mm -hmm. I, I can already tell you right now, I enjoy the Radiator series better than I will ever enjoy Black Mesa Source. Definitely. He's very creative. He should keep doing this, and we, I'd love to have him back on for another interview again, especially after the second one. Mm-hmm. And, and he, it's he, been quick. Yeah, that's good. A true episode of content about a month in between releases. I like that. Well, he did say it didn't take him that long to put together, but that's really not the point. Right. But, yeah. Well, the, the initial problem for him is probably getting those features implemented, like the stargazing thing. I'm sure that was not fun to implement into Half-Life. So I'm sure that was a nipple twister. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, honestly, because you had he had to tie in the skybox and make it dynamic, and that's not something that comes with Half Life. You have to do that yourself. It sounds like you've never had your nipples twisted before. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, how what I do on my weekends in between the podcasts is none of your business. <laughs> oh, <Jerry>. kinky. <laughs> All right, so move on to research and development, and before before you talk about that. I just want to say I was talking to Philip from Planet Philip. His words were, "This is the best mod ever." Period. No Can, if, ands, or buts. He simply said, "This is the best mod ever." <laughs> I don't. I don't know how we can say this after praising Radiator. So I know much, it's but, so hard. <laughs> but but this is and listen, listeners. This is the most important thing you will ever hear me say. This is the best single player experience you will ever have in front of a, a screen for maybe the next five years. Period. I had more fun. I had more fun playing this than I've played than I've had playing Half Life Two, Half Life One, any of the episodes, any single player game I've ever played. Like, this mod was generally fun. I it exactly. had me laughing 
because of how amazing it was. The in cat, my the cat, man, the poor <laughs> cat. <laughs> it's just, it's just, and, and the best thing was, remember back in E uh, E3 2003 or four when they just announced Half Life Two and they were showing all the tech demos and all that for Half Life uh, for the engine. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they showed all these shaders and these lighting effects and all this terrain manipulation and all of these cool little things. And Valve never really used them. I mean, they used them once or twice, but it was kind of a gimmick. I always they remember used... the stained glass window of Freeman. Exactly. Like... Yeah. And they use that in this mod. They do. They yeah. do. It's, it's just awesome. amazing. They, hey, Valve... Emmanuel, actually, um, now that you mention it, I do remember one thing that they never did. Do you remember that uh, video, the demonstration the video they had of their physics? Oh. No, it wasn't the camera. And anyway, he was, Gordon Freeman was running away from the combine. He ran into a door. The, the combine was close behind him, and he put a washing machine in front of the door so the combine couldn't open it. Oh, that yeah. was the one thing that, that made me go, fuck yeah, Half-Life 2, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and that's about that. that. I was like, what? What? Well, there that. was more. There was more. Remember in the uh, opening yeah. screenshots, the Striders could uh, put their uh, legs through people and they would just be dangling from them? Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen in the game. They actually have no, the thing about the models. Yeah. The thing about the washing machine is that that was a scripted sequence. That wasn't the AI doing its own thing. Yeah. But the thing is, though, man. they made it. God Dave's damn. right, though. They made it seem like it was something you can do just out of the blue. You know, yeah. Yeah. in trailers, it's hard to distinguish between scripted sequences and what the player can actually do in terms of gameplay. Unless you're watching a Call of Duty video, in which case it's all scripted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's an awesome scripted experience. Well, it's not even rendered in the engine. It's just 3D Studio Max. <laughs> um, but that, that's the, that's the thing about uh, research and development, though. It's just every yeah. Can we? Can, is it is it spoiling it by saying you don't even get a gun in this game? You play for maybe four hours and you don't even get a gun. Yeah, I don't think it's spoiling. Oh, you isn't don't get a gun. Or... What's that? Isn't the stargazing ready or not? No, we're talking yeah, about no, research no. and development now. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll make it. Up, you'll make up for a letter. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you you have to listen. If you're gonna if you're listening to this podcast. There are, I'm going to ask you to do two things. Please do these two things. Download and play Research and Development and download and play Radiator. If you do, if you and take watch all of Roscoe's videos. And, and watch. that too. But at least please just download these two things. I don't care how busy you are. You have to play these two things sometime within the month. You have to absolutely. Just do it. It's and as, as Dave always says, these mods will last the test of time because we can play them infinitely in the future. Mm -hmm. so That's right. Single now, player. <laughs> it's just, uh, and you know what? I, I, it brings us back to that Neo Tokyo syndrome where we think, gosh, this has done such a good job. Do you think we're spoiled now? Do you think we're going to be playing other mods and think, uh, it isn't as good as R&D? Uh, I, I don't think so because I always have faith in other mods no matter how good they are. Hey, man, you remember when you said that about Half-Life 2? But now you're saying there's a better mod using that same engine? That's true. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. But anyways, if, if you're a mod developer, download and play R&D, and this is exactly how mods should be. Interesting, fun, new, everything. Just There's tools there you don't even realize where they're... There's stuff in this game that I didn't even realize still existed because it's been so long and no one uses it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It is a new paradigm. Yep. The like sheer the... creativity of research and development is immense. I mean, you can, you can tell a mod developer, okay, play this game, and see how mods should be done, but that's still if if they don't have creativity, 
they would never be able to turn something out like this easily the this mod is about creativity and it really tells you you just can't sit in front of your computer and start mapping you can't do that you need to sit down maybe with a pen and piece of paper and start drawing out maybe puzzles if you plan on making some sort of puzzle mod you really have to think about what you're going to be making before actually making it and this shows that i guarantee he did not sit in front of hammer and just start mapping brushes especially when you're unlocking that grab gun like that that's intricate sequences that yeah. you have to work at so and 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 they said it only took him six months, so yeah. there's no excuse. Holy if crap, you're making man. a mod and it takes you more than six months, we're going to be expecting this level of quality. <laughs> Sorry. And can I just say, the ending was hilarious. Yeah. Didn't you just lose it? Yeah, but everything about it. Let's just say, too, you build your own car in this you mod. You do. It's just that simple. Awesome. <laughs> No, no, we're, and I'm not, and I'm not just. Saying, it's not like an erector set thing where you just piece them together. No, you actually, there's a, there's a, there's blueprints, and you have to find the parts and make your car. It's, it's biblical. You have yeah. to play it. All, All right, we so, should get off of it. Yeah. yeah, let's move on. I'm so much that I don't want to. Can we get them for an interview, please, please? Yeah, we'll try. We'll try. There's okay. probably only one guy. Anyway. Yeah. Well, after all of that um, high praise, I guess it's time we move to something less, uh, less praiseworthy, huh? Well, Bisunu's Party released an update. It's about a 100 meg update. All it is, if, if you play Bisunu's Party, um, you should be aware that the update's out, and it changes a lot of sounds. Um, if, if you watch the preview video, you'll notice that a lot of the falling sounds are a lot... Or, we haven't done the preview video because you haven't recorded your audio. But when you see the preview video, um, you'll notice that a lot of the falling sounds have changed, a lot of the uh, hitting sounds. Basically, it's just a sound replacement pack. Yeah, it's just it's just a bunch of little fixes and tweaks. Nothing really serious. So. Exactly. So, without further ado, Dan, take us through the two articles of Media Blitz. Oh, right. Oh, wait, wait. We, we did forget uh, Own of Prison and Mars 002. Yeah, but those are in the preview. People can make their okay. own, draw their own conclusions. All right. Well, first, we got Dead Before Dawn, the sooner-than-you-think media release. And out of every single campaign, I mean... Blood for Dead campaigns, they really they really don't hype them up. It's um it's just hey, campaign's out, cool, gonna download it. This campaign looks fantastic. They have they've done so much work. And well it did win the Players Choice Award for two thousand and eight right. of the year awards. That's yeah. right, it did. I forgot about that. Mm, think about that for a second. That's like, like Yeah. That's that, Three million votes. That's fucking for a crazy. campaign. <laughs> this is gonna go somewhere, and they just keep adding and adding. Yeah, they they really are working on. It's gonna be one of the better campaigns. Yes. So. And as a huge fan of the Left for Dead remake movie, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So and the and yeah. Come on and get down with the sickness. Come on and get up. Get up. Come on down with the sickness. Your mother, get up. Come on, get down. Here it comes. Get ready to die. I actually went out and bought a bunch of Richard out. Uh, Richard Cheese. CD. Oh, I have. I have Richard Cheese covering Nine Inch Nails of all things. <laughs> Somewhere on my computer. It's what, on. What? What? what I have CD. What happens if someone just calls him by, you know, the other name for Richard Dick? What happens? Well, no. I think you know what happens. Yeah. His full name. I'm saying, like, if he's getting an award and they they say, and come up to the stage, Dick Cheese. He'll probably take it in stride. Yeah, in fact, I'm sure he'd think it was even better. Yes. 
from what I've seen of the guy. <laughs> All right, moving on to media. Yes. Blitz. The next one, and the actual um, last one for Media Blitz, is City 17 Episode 1, July Media Release Part 2. This mod, every time you think, okay, there's nothing else, they've reached the limit. There's nothing else they can do. They go and say, here's some more fun stuff to look at. Yeah, really. These sure. weapons, I don't know what to think about the weapons, they're just giving us hints and fun particles, but the um, graphical additions... Yeah, like the water effect. Yes, the uh, the animated shader rippling water just looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But coupled I've... with their dynamic lighting and shadows, it's gonna be a treat. Yeah. Why do they Why do they go through all that trouble for these shading effects and everything, and do all this cool stuff on the engine, and then have hand models that look like they were developed by someone in kindergarten? <laughs> Uh, Maybe. I, I think those are still a work in progress. Though, yeah, it's, it's work in progress placeholders. Wow. At least they're not the HEV hands. <laughs> with, with that said, though, this is just mind-achingly beautiful. Because we saw that video a few weeks back of um, the combine fighting in, in the city. And it had, all the, had all those shaders and lighting effects. It was just, oh, yeah. can't wait for this to come out. The Let's be honest, I usually only associate mind-achingly beautiful with women, but... All right, I'll I'll take your word for it. I'll oh, okay. I was actually going to use David Green, but that will we'll move on. <laughs> What's the uh, The particle-based muzzle flashes, eh? Yeah, eh. But they are hiring, so if you're an aspiring mod dev- um modder texture, you know what texture or what what have you? Well, oh, they're looking well, they're for looking voice, for voice actors. actors. I should read. I'm yeah. so tired. Actually. Well, if you're, if you're aspiring as a mapper or textured, look somewhere else. But they are looking for voice actors. I've applied as a voice actor, and they've accepted me as an extra. So I will oh be in this mod. Oh, God. Are I'm... we hearing you in a mod? <laughs> hey, man, I did a cameo in um, the Nameless mod as did the uh, angry Australian guy. When you answer the phone, I say, Who the fuck are you, you fucking wankers? You know? <laughs> Wow. So and an Australian guy? And are you credited as angry Australian guy? <laughs> yeah, actually, I should be. Cool. <laughs> Dave, how's this? Um, how's the gear dev mod profiles doing on ModDB? Last week you hinted at it a little bit. They've been I'm making sorry, the front page what? a lot. The gear devs? Well, the the guys who are creating City Seventeen Episode One. Their their group is called Gear Dev or whatever. All oh, right. Um, let me check that. Just give me a sec. <laughs> I'm just curious just because have... they've been on the front page a lot. They must be getting a lot of hits and stuff. You mean that you want to know the actual stats for them? Well, how are they doing? Are they getting a lot of publicity, I'm assuming? Usually you uh, things. Yeah, I'll just have to check the stats to get the official notes. All right. Can, um, can, we're can talking ask, more than... How, uh, what's that, Emmanuel? How in God's good name can you not have episode two right now? It's been out for a year and a half. You're still it's, on that, aren't you? I am people who live under rocks. Like hey, Emmanuel, dollars. have you ever played Deus Ex before? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Why? Oh. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Continue. Just had to make sure because if you're going to play the card like you've never played <laughs> episode two, if you've never played Deus Ex, you can't play that card. That's I what I'm get, saying. I can't get Deus Ex to work on my computer anymore. No excuses. And you know what? Well, I can get to work on mine. I don't know. Yeah. System Shock as well. That's uh, that's another one I can't even get working on my computer either. Dave, mm-hmm. this is this is a little bit of uh, funny information. If you look back, because I remember reading reviews of it when it came out, 
and I was a wee little lad, it actually got mediocre reviews, like fives and sixes. If you look at, I think at the IGN review, the guy mm-hmm. says it's a forgettable mod. I mean, a forgettable game, and he gives it like a six. <laughs> it's Deus Ex? Deus Ex? Deus Ex. Man, that's not what PC Gamers did. It's like a good wine. It ages with time and becomes more awesome. I, th- I think it anyway. came out at the same time as The Matrix. Probably they thought they yeah. were... I know. I thought it was awesome at the time. Maybe I'm just lame. I, I, I remember the only reason I bought it was because the box was shiny. You know, and then I going, was... hey, Dad, can I get Deus Ex? And he gives me this look. He's like, you didn't no? call it, no, no. First off, you didn't even call it Deus Ex when you were a kid. You probably said Deus Ex or something. Deus. No, I said Deus Ex. What I basically <laughs> said was hey, Deus hey, Paul, Ex. Can I get this Deus Ex video game? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> What's going on on this? What's going on? It's made of megabytes and stuff. No, I know. I knew how to say Deus and, 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 and seriously though, it's um, it's no uh, Sabak. They actually changed it. They actually had to re-review it because people were complaining about it six and seven years on. That's probably why. Oh, if you get a way back machine and look at the review, oh. see that they gave it like a six. Anyway, back anyway, to yeah. the main conversation. Actually, let's change um, this to Deus Ex Seventeen. I like that game. <laughs> or Day of Sex Seventeen. Either yeah. one. All right then. All right. All right um. A better time to start for each now. article, we're looking at about maybe just under three Ks for each hit, which is pretty pretty recommendable by you know the standards that ModDB has. I mean, most of the official stuff gets about uh, you know five to eight K, so something like this is uh, doing pretty good, mostly because it does get pushed off the front page quite quickly nowadays. So, yeah. um, you know, three to four K is pretty damn good. All right, so now, Dave, tell us about Summer of Mods and Indies. Oh, what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for those who don't know, Summer of Mods and Indies is uh, our way of promoting mods. And uh, in between, you know, the uh, the start of the year and the Mod of the Year awards at the end of the year. And uh, this is mostly because at the end of the year, uh, for the Mod of the Year awards, people only tend to vote for the last for the mods released in the last three months because, you know, it's fresh in their mind and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. Especially this year, there's been a hell of a lot of good mods released already, like Curse, you know, the Nameless mod, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I can guarantee you, if we didn't have this Summer of Mods thing, they would probably get overlooked really easily at the end of the year. So this little promotion is to, uh, you know, remind people that uh, stuff has been released already that is really really good stuff and um the way that we do this is by working with the developers themselves to actually promote their mods in uh, such ways like we're talking uh uh articles about how they developed it you know interviews postmortems you know dev blogs stuff like that it's not it's not like you know we just go okay here's a review for this mod we actually work with the developers and we get them to give out their little tidbits and facts and information about the actual mod that they've been developing for the past X amount of time. Replace right. X with the amount of time appropriate. Not so I notice, I notice on the Summer Mod and Zanese profile there's 12 slots. One is already being taken up by Arceus 2. Now does that mean <laughs> you're going to have 12 features or are you going to have more than that? Or do you guys already have it planned out what mods you're going to be covering? Like in your own mind? 
I'm not gonna say anything. You're not gonna say anything. He's 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 <laughs> submersed in, in piles and piles of money, so he really can't see past it. He's built a Scrooge McDuck like um tool vault. full of money. Yeah, vault. Oh, vault. That's right. Well, the mods that we're going to be featured are mods that have been selected and have done the hard yakker and started working with us about this because you know there's only so much the staff can do and uh, mm-hmm. without the help of the actual indie developers you know so for this one for this promotion we've uh, selected the guys that are super goddamn keen and want to get their, their mod noticed so can you tell us how many half-life slash half-life 2 mods are going to be on this list or give us like a um, percentage estimation anything I can't say nothing. Damn it, Dave! <laughs> All right, hey, man, stay tuned to ModDB for more some of the mods and in these promotions. That's true. I can't imagine he's like in bed. Like, <laughs> play. That's of, uh, the good stuff. I'd, I'd rather keep it mysterious, dear. <laughs> hey, uh, Emmanuel, um, if it was, you know, in bed with me, there wouldn't be any foreplay. play. I'm telling you, I just get really? to it. <laughs> you just get right to I'm it. I'm a hard rider. I'm a hard okay. rider. I know how you The incubus approach. Like, Skip the foreplay. <laughs> oh man, if they if they disagree, I just tie them down. Win win, right? <laughs> oh. oh my. There's another thing I wanted to ask you though, Dave. Not on the topic of your <laughs> bed theatrics, but uh, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit? Filled, can you tell us about the HDSD integration in all your videos? Because you know, Oh yeah. You've noticed that, have you? Hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people have. Yeah. Well, uh, it's not officially announced yet, but uh, ModDB have uh, basically got this new player on the site which will allow HD and SD uh, video streaming content. Uh, it's it's not going to take any skin off your guys' necks. Um, you can still upload the same way it still works exactly the same way. All it means is that it gets sent to a completely different server um, that will enable HD content. And in order to have the HD content, it's simply a case of uploading the most high-definition video possible. So we are now beating YouTube as far as quality is concerned. Hells yeah. Hells yeah. And all the Podcast 17 preview videos are in HD quality. Oh, and uh, how, how did you, how did you get HD? How, how did you get HD quality again, Willie? It's funny because you told you told me, and you were hinting at it all last week. You were like, export at twelve eighty by seven twenty, and and import at HD quality. <laughs> you were hinting at it all week, and then I noticed at the start of this weekend that you guys rolled that out. That was good. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, well, we're gonna officially announce it when we've uh, put it over the something. 4xxxxx something crazy amount of video that we have. So as soon as everything's rolled over, you can damn well see an announcement pop up on ModDB. Since uh, since Dave got to plug his site, can I plug mine again? Hell no. No? Okay. <laughs> Moving on to Topic of the Week. I don't even know what your site is. Well, I guess we can do Topic of the Week real quick. Yeah. Um, go for it then, Emmanuel. Um, this, well, this is, this is something at first I was really angry about, and then I, and then I kind of LOL'd the face, because it's, it's, I guess it's a good idea. It's, um, companies are moving towards Twitter and Facebook to do, you know, marketing things, uh, 
this case TF2, you can actually friend all of the characters, so you can friend the heavy or the spy, the soldier, the medic, etc. They're only, only the red, red though. You can't do the blue ones. But. Yeah, because blue is crap. Yes. So that if I if I had a Facebook, I'd be all over that. I'd love to be friends with uh, the soldier. If I had a book that was a face, I would totally be doing that shit. Necronomicon. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying the same thing. <laughs> um, there's some fundamental differences, but no, Facebook is, is Facebook is pretty soon we won't need it though because uh, Steam community is taking over the world slowly. Yeah. But what do you think? Is this something you you think you would like to see more of or less? No. Of? Actually, now that you mentioned that Emmanuel, um, a while ago I was talking to the Overgrowth developers. They're the guys that are making the sequel to Lugaru, if anyone knows that. They are an yeah. indie developer. Um, basically, these guys have uh, talked about, and they're actually doing a, uh, a a live discussion, like a, a panel, basically, at an event soon. God, the, I can't remember which one. It's beyond me right now. But uh, these guys are basically giving a, a speech about how using these types of things is the best way to market your game and uh, indie game or mod. Um, ModDB, obviously, of course, is a great source, and I'm not just saying that because I work there. It does, as I mentioned before, spread the word um, quite selfishly, I might add, to uh, other enthusiast press sites and stuff like that. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to promote you guys. So, but yeah. don't, you, don't you think there's a point where it gets to be too much? Uh, no, you can never have too much, man. Because I, I, think, I yeah, guarantee you, there's a fine line, honestly. Because with the TF2 stuff, you've got the meet the the character videos, then you've got the TF2 blog, and then you've got all the updates they put on the sites, and then the source. I mean, the, I can uh, guarantee Steam. you, Emmanuel, that I would probably say about seventy percent of the people that play TF2 would never have seen the blog before. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I can probably guarantee you that a lot of people who use Facebook will be like, oh, what is this, an animated character? I'm going to look into this. And it's all about spreading the word to a new audience. So there can never be too much because people who frequent one side don't frequent something else. Well, and it's really not mind. much on their part to make a Facebook account. I mean, come on. No, yeah, I'm sure they have some PR guy who does it. but Or an intern. But but even then, you're not pulling in new people with this. You're just appeasing existing players. No one's going to add no, the red solar. I think you'll be uh, pulling more people. Can you imagine, Emmanuel? If, if people now have their Facebook streams, right? And other people can follow other people on Facebook. So if somebody sees, you know, Billy or William has added the red sniper to his Facebook friends list, everybody that I have friended is going to be like, who's the red sniper? And they're all going to see, see that. I could see if they paid thousands of little Asian children to go into these accounts and put uh, comments on people's profiles, like Red Soldier posts on Emmanuel Mascheris' wall, where have you been, soldier? You know, things <laughs> like that. Then I could see that being positive, but as it stands now, it's just kind of like a... It's kind of just like the meet the so-and-so videos. It doesn't pull people in, it just makes people... Are like you kidding? I can guarantee people look at that and marvel at. I can guarantee you the the college that I went to, learning about animation and video production and whatnot, they would probably be showing those goddamn videos as examples of what good animation is. And people who don't know what TF2 is will go, "Hang on, TF2? They isn't that a game? Like I I don't know much about it. I might look into it because they make high quality animation and 
that high quality animation is stuff that I like. So I'm going to look into it. So and then you get that guy going, hey, did you check out that TF2 animation that I linked you to? It's like, wait, what's TF2? It's a game. You can play it with me over Steam. What were you saying, Ross? I was going to say, I guess at what point do you get, end up with more fictional friends on Facebook than real ones? <laughs> yeah, this is actually, if, if, if you In are... In this day and age, is there a difference? Honestly? Honestly, oh. yeah. You just got a point. Well, I was just thinking, if, if you don't ever want to have sex, this is probably the best way to do it, is to add a bunch of fictional characters on your uh, Facebook, I think. So, <laughs> if you want to be absent until marriage, this is the key to that success. All right, Unless native... Natives are getting restless. Yeah, we're we're just prolonging the inevitable here. I think people want to hear the Ross Scott interview. Natives are getting restless. They are almost starting a riot (laughs) in the chat. They want to hear Ross guy. (laughs) They're tired of us. Ross, your name backwards is terrifying. Toxor. Toxor. Sounds like a name. I gotta type it out. Toxor. Toxor. That That sounds like an alien. Oh, I just anyway. have to say, Ross, that, Sounds like that an video... SCP. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much a case of Toxor, sir. Okay. So anyway, um... They kiss before... like a lizard afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so... uh... Where did you find that uh, Halo video, the uh, the bad soda one, before we get started? Because that, that had me on the ground laughing. I couldn't catch it. Oh, that one was good. Um, I think... Actually, I think one of the people at Machinima.com, they were talking, I forget what the, con- what the conversation was about, but basically they were showing me an example of one that he really liked that didn't get enough views and he was annoyed by it. I was like, hey, this is pretty good. So I remember that one. You know? It was good. Oh, for yeah, all the listeners, great. For all the listeners, check out the website when we actually post this article because uh, Ross actually sent me a list of some of his favorite Machinimas. And we'll be putting that in the show notes as well, so you can check those out. So you can see that Halo one they're talking about. But anyway, I guess we can kick off this interview. And my very first question would be directed towards Ross. And I want to know how you got into Machinima. Uh, Basically, wanting to make movies and having no budget at all. (laughs) And and I did have a computer. Yeah. Like, I actually wrote a script in high school that I tried to get filmed with this real cheap camcorder, but didn't really have reliable actors or anything like that. I've actually been slowly cannibalizing parts of that script and putting it in other stuff. Like that, like the dead cat thing, one of my episodes was from that. <laughs> dead cats are always funny. But what, what was the, uh, the initial thing? For instance, we talked about what got us in a Half-Life, you know, or Counter-Strike or whatever game it, that was kind of our segue into this universe. What, what was it for you? What, what made you realize, oh, I can make Machinima? What, the Half-Life would be great for this. Well, I mean, oh, oh, what, half, oh, what made me decide on Half-Life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, that, that was easy. I mean, I went through um, looked at a couple different engines at the time. Like, I wasn't sent any one. I looked at The Sims, uh, Doom 3, uh, I think one or two others. And then Half-Life 2... You know, I saw some screenshots of face pose or, you know, one of the animation tools. And I saw all this, all these options of the animations already available. So I was thinking, oh, well, I can have them walk in a chair or sit down. There's stuff like, stuff that just wasn't even an option in other games without knowing, like, a 3D modeling program on top of that, which I still don't know, which is why Ryan's here. (laughs) 
I read. Uh, uh, basically, the animation. So it was like, I knew basically I wanted to have like two face, two faceless characters, like kind of interacting with it. It could have, like honestly, it could have been Halo. If there been lots of great options for that, or Doom Three, it could have been Mike and Dave on Mars. You know, but uh, yeah, it was basically the tools that came with it. That's the hands down, but maybe the sign of Half Life. So there's a lot of people out there who don't really understand how, you know, to go about creating, you know, a single episode of Machinima. Whether you go into, say, you know, a lot of people go into Gary's Mod, or you actually create your own maps and create your own animations and stuff, and then do the voiceovers after. So sort of maybe with the help of Craig and Ryan here, give us an idea of what you do for every episode of Civil Protection. Like a standard, run, or a standard almost like a walkthrough. Try and spare no details. Yeah, every little nitty gritty <laughs> annoying thing. All right. Um, well, first step is writing out a script. Although even before I do that, it's good to have an understanding of the engine. Like even the first episode I did, Friday, I had several episode ideas at that time. And when I was looking through the animations for the Metrocop and saw all these crazy poses with the like, you know, the on-fire animation, them <laughs> crouched walking. I, thought, I was thinking, oh, well, man, the ninja one will be natural candidate for this because <laughs> I saw all this. Um, so first I'll write a script, but I'll have an I at least have an idea of what's possible with the engine. So if you haven't made anything before, the best way to do that is think of stuff you've seen in the game, you know. If the game, if the game has done it, you know, you can probably do it too. Or if you've seen it in another machinima, especially one that, doesn't take months like mine. Uh, oops, sorry, sorry, John Mike. Um, then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my mic just fell completely off. Okay. Um, yeah. Once you have an idea of what's possible, work around that. So you know, like I wouldn't have started some of my later ideas whatsoever when I was first starting out. Like you know. In the on on a real one where Dave jump off a train, like I would have had no clue how to do that at the beginning. That would have been too ambitious. But since I already had animations for the first one, I just you know wrote out a script to work around that. You know, kind of built up into it. You know, wanted a side conversation that wasn't really to sort of distract the viewer from what what the real uh, plot element, I guess, was going on. Mm -hmm. And. Um, Kind of went with it from there. It, I, I'd say it's good to write your script based around what you know you can do. Um, I guess. I, so, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, of course. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Okay. After that, um, you know, then once you've gone over a script, and again, there's no script I've written that I haven't modified at one point. So it's good to like write a script and come back to it and think if there's any weak points. Like, you know, if there's something that's taking. I mean, not to say there aren't weak points in mind, but if there's if there's any spot that you think, well, no, this is too wordy, or you know, this is gonna bore the audience, like make sure like every line there has some purpose, whether it's to be funny or to lead into a better joke or to advance the plot or something. Like yeah, you know, I mean, like every once in a while he'll bounce something off of me. Like he'll have two alternate versions for a sentence, and he'll say, you know, which one sounds better? And then, I mean, usually we end up going with the more concise one or or the funnier one, if there's a funnier version available. Mm -hmm. Well, tying into the writing of, of it, um, 
this one's for Freeman's mind. Um, do you start with the script, or do you play through a segment of the game and then write it, or do you go through the game and write it at the same time while you're thinking of things? Uh, Freeman's mind is sort of the other end of the coin. Um, usually I'll think of, I guess, anywhere from like one to five jokes before I start recording the footage, so I know to out allocate myself enough time or to do certain things at certain times. Um, after that, after I've recorded it, really I just go through and start editing it and, uh, you know, I'll see how much time I have before the next, like, event, like, you know, gun firing or you're looking at somebody, figure out what I can, basically I just go through one step at a time and figure out what's, what's something funny I can say in between there. Sometimes you can kind of hear the, the difference in my voice between cuts, which doesn't work out so well, but I'm not, I'm really not actually going the extra mile for Freeman's Minds. There's so much of it to cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Freeman's Mind, I mean, it's not improv, but it's sort of just make it up as you go as far as the editing. Um, I like too, um, in a lot of the episodes that you have modded the maps themselves to get around obvious uh, flagged really. areas. Like, uh, uh, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, the only things that I've really noticed of, like, you've basically added invisible ladders to things so you can climb up things without having to do, like, the puzzle almost and uh, um, just just small little things like that. And, uh, I mean, is that something that you've... I mean, obviously that takes planning, so... But uh, how much of that is, like, uh, a premeditated thought almost, I mean? Oh, I, I just... Well, I definitely play through the next segment before I do anything just to see. Because I don't really, my memory is kind of hazy at Half-Life. You know, I don't remember everything that's coming. Uh, so I'll play through that once and see if there's anything that catches my attention, I think. And actually, I haven't modded any of the maps at all. Like, if I wanted to go to that much effort, I'd probably start doing another Civil Protection episode. <laughs> I mean, I have been using cheats, though. Like, you know, you're talking about visible, there's no invisible ladder. I'm just jumping. I'm hitting a button that turns no clip mode on. Oh, I Fill see. Up a little bit and hit it again. <laughs> that makes sense. Doing... It, yeah. it kind of looks like a ladder, though, when you when you look at it from my yes, eyes. Yeah, it does. Well, you do good. A good job. <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah. Well, it's not that I'm, I'm also cheating with the config to make the hit damage like much easier to make it more accurate. Like if you were to actually shoot somebody with a gun, you know. I mean, even if you have. Kevlar on. You're not going to take more than a few shots before you go down. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that plus, and Gordon Freeman is a beast. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. I'm trying to play the game as realistically as I can within the boundaries that are already there. So I'm kind of acting under the assumption that in his suit, Freeman Freeman is bulletproof. You know, that's what you don't in real life. You don't go to a first aid station every five minutes and you're magically well again. You know, it's not really. Even though that's how you play the game normally, that's not really an option. So for the few people who are watching who don't know about the game, I think that kind of helps with the immersion tab more because it doesn't remind people as much that, hey, this is a game. That's why I don't have a HUD, you know. Uh, what are some other... Yeah, that's why I have the damage increase. And th that's also why I'm doing the no-clip stuff. You know, there's a lot of situations, well, the latest episode especially, where... You know, like a normal person would not go through the steps that Valve wants you to. So, you know, whereas a simple pull-up, you know, which most people could do, yeah. cuts you out like 10 minutes. Of... So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like the latest episode, which is 12 at the time. 
know, what, what are you going to do? Go through this, like... A conveyor belt? Yeah, a conveyor really? belt that's moving backwards fast with these things that could eat you at the end of it. Go through <laughs> this laser trip mine, like, obstacle course. You know, there's like 10 of them with turret guns around. You hear soldiers chattering. And they're like, or just do a pull-up. And you're right at the exit. You know I mean? <laughs> what I'm kind of annoyed about, though, are the sections that I have to that they forced me to do it. That's what, that's why that April Fool's episode was good timing. Like no sane person is going to do a running jump across an elevator shaft into <laughs> a ladder that far. Any normal person yeah. is going to go back and find a rope or something. Well, at you least know? they're not implementing like waist high fences that your character physically cannot <laughs> yeah. get over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't hop for two feet over the fence. No. Well, I think they did do that at Half-Life 2 or like for one part. They did, yeah. Yeah, but Half-Life Half 2 is too. nowhere near as good as Half-Life 1. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, let's not get started. <laughs> let's not get started. <laughs> so for Freeman's uh, Mind, now that since we're on the topic of Freeman's Mind, I have another question. Is it an updated engine too, though? It looks like, even looking at the water, it looks a little bit updated than, you know, stock gold source. Looks yeah. like it's in source. Yeah, it's Half-Life source. I just oh, it's did Half-Life that source. Because... Okay, okay. I was already used to the recording method for civil protection, so it was a little bit easier. Although you could... The recording method is different from old source. It's just that it saves on the compression a little bit when I'm recording. Because I can record to AVI like it's a real high quality XVID rather than like a zillion uncompressed frames. Those are my best frames. <laughs> well, it's like the difference between like, you know, a gig and a half for an episode or, you know, 50. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, speaking of, uh, speaking, well, now they're on Freeman's mind, what, what, what gave you the idea for it? What, were you just playing one day and thought, huh, I wonder what... Because this is some bullshit when you think about it. You know, he has to jump to these lasers and kill these dudes and you just crowbar to kill this entire fleet of bad guys. You think and really, how big this... is Black Mesa? Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, are yeah. you... Do How did you get that idea for it? Uh, well, basically, Freeman's mind is a direct response with how long it took me to make Civil Protection. Basically, it was driving me nuts, like... All this animation work, just it's just a black hole in terms of time. Uh, so, I mean, I was thinking, though, know, people wanted to see more. I was thinking, man, you know, this is just frustrating. Is there anything to do to be faster than this? So I was just thinking about it. And, um, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, Half-Life, you know, it never says anything. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to make a lot of wise-ass comments. So I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just, I wonder if I could, like, think of enough material to just fill it all. So, well, I might be able to. I'll go, I'll go ahead and give it a shot. So, you know, that's why I did the first episode. Although, I don't know if you've seen that one since you hate trams, I know, Emmanuel. But, <laughs> I will continue to give him shit about that, by the way. Well, actually, Listen. no, I, I don't blame him for that because Emmanuel said he's, he'll understand what I'm talking about. He said he's done the customer service on there. I used to do tech support. What I'm guessing is that trams are too burned into his brain so that traumatize him. It's like me saying, thank you for calling Bell Cell fast access. The oh, damage is done oh my God. I actually work. I actually do that sort of thing. I'm, I'm a phone teller at a bank. Is my real. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's just, so it's just I, like, like cards. It's, it's just a Pavlonian response. You could, yeah. you could be making out with Ava Green. And as <laughs> soon as I found out it was on a tram, I would huh. just wrap my pants and jump off and kill myself. <laughs> Just, that's like if I found out I was. That's like if I found out the same thing was happening, and she worked at Navy Federal, I'd die a little inside. Yeah, not, you can't help it. It's just a natural response. Yeah, the damage has been done. So I actually understand where you're. I mean, trams don't. 
I don't really think they're that big a deal, but I understand where you're coming from in that it evokes that kind of reaction, you know. And so everyone ahead. does them. Everyone. <laughs> I almost didn't. Yeah, I, I want you to know, I almost didn't play Half-Life 2 because I thought I was going to have to sit on that train for more than 15 seconds. I, I had the <laughs> console open and quit typing in. But luckily it ended. So. Well, the first thing they mentioned in the review of Half-Life 2 in PC Gamer, almost the very first thing, I guess to reassure you or people like you, is there's no tram at the beginning. <laughs> that was yeah, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. That was like the first thing they said. Well, no, it is literally 10 minutes long. There's no reason yeah. for that. Yeah, so anyway, think... sorry, going back to the production standard of things. Sure. Um, so nice. so now you, you have your script, you have your models and your animations, and you have an idea of what, what you want to do. So what's next? Next, okay, well, for the earlier episodes, next I open up a map that pretty much from Valve and start modifying it because while I understand Hammer to a good extent, you know, I'm not a good map designer. People can run circles around me. So, I mean, that's why all the first episodes are just basically slightly modified Half-Life 2 maps. Now, if I wanted to do a custom, now I'd either use somebody else's existing map and get permission for that, or else um, one guy who's not here who's done like incredible job helping me out is uh, Nicodemus. I think that's how uh, pronounced. I think he, he's working on, uh, for, I forgot the name of the mod he's working on. I think it's like Battle for Philadelphia or something. Anyway, he, he's done a lot of, Basically, what I'll do is start, I'll give them these real chicken scratch concept art designs. I usually give them like a ton of like creative freedom as far as, as what he wants to do, and he just turns out these great maps for me to start working in. But again, you know, there's like there's a zillion great looking maps out there. I really want to do more with a lot of the stuff I see in like FPS Banana and stuff. Like even Counter Strike ones, you know, since it's all in source, you know, you can kind of interchange a lot of elements. But next, I'll get my map. Although, for some situations, you don't really need a map to start off. Like, if it's like if you know like you're going to have a minute of the characters just standing around talking to each other, you can just throw anything together and start and work with that if someone else is helping you with the map or you don't really feel like working on the other map yourself. But maps definitely in the next steps, especially for custom ones, so somebody else can be working at something else while I'm working. Well, I'm working on different areas. Um, and after mapping, the next thing is to get all the audio. Well, no, no. Okay. Around the same time is then to start recording all the voices for uh, the mod, I mean, for the episode. So that, that's when, I, I mean, the way Craig and I will do it is, you know, I'll give him the script. I'll give him notice despite him saying he only reads it 10 minutes before. <laughs> uh, playing. Yeah, originally we were gonna. Originally we tried doing it like live, like acting it out, like online. But I found that he just would break out laughing like every other line. Because like, yep. even if he's familiar with the script, he's what I found out is that he may not be. Um, Utterly inured to it yet. Yeah, or may not be expecting my vocal performance for some of the lines, which we you know. Like I think. The first, we were doing that with the Aliens episode, you know, so saying, uh, look out, it's going to, what? I think you just killed your Skype, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the okay, it perfect because it faded it out for you. It sounded like you were falling away. That's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
You're going to have to turn your outbound back you're up. You're going to have to turn your sky yeah. back up. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you were why you could do it. She's really good at that. Yeah. So you got to go back to tools, options, audio settings, and then turn your microphone back up. <laughs> I'm going to listen to the podcast just for that. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, William, you mind if I take the next question? Go for it. Go for it, Dave. Yeah, sweet. Excellent. I'll just wait. It's a four hour long podcast. Sorry. Uh, The best kind. I just want to make sure Ross is back up in level three. Is this any better? There you go. Yeah. Okay, Okay, I'll stop shouting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, I've noticed that you've worked with uh, the. um, Oh, fuck. I had it in my head. Now I can't remember. Oh, damn it. Give me a sec. Why well, don't you talk while you figure it out? Or... Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. I, I was going to say, um, the way we do it now is we both get out Ventrilo. And what Craig will do is he'll start recording just with a regular audio editor on his end. It's kind of like what we're doing with Callburner right now. And we'll just communicate. We'll, I'll just go. He's seen the script, so we'll just start going over the lines individually. He'll read it, and then if I think like, no, you know, it needs to sound more energetic or you need to sound more angry or stuff or although, this part needs enunciation, you know. Although Russ is kind of a Stanley Kubrick. He likes, he likes to have it exactly right, but he's he's just as harsh on himself. He takes apparently about twice as many takes for himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At, at least th- there have been some lines I asked Craig to do many times. Although, in all fairness, after the first episode, I, I checked with him to make sure he was in this kind of for the long haul so that because I knew this was gonna like try the patience of some people. Well, I mean, once the after the first episode, you know that that was just brilliantly done. I thought, and once you know that we had the positive response for it, I thought, well, why not? You know, it's it's fun to do it, and it's you know, it's, I, you know you've got to use your history degree somehow. So this is <laughs> exactly well. Plus, I can occasionally I can occasionally supply useless facts that Dave happens to know because. You know, I, in addition to well-adjusted things, I know a lot of evil, twisted things. The kind of things Dave would probably know about. You like mean the like episode? about the oil no, and stuff? I, I, no, I got that from my, one of my criminal justice textbooks. I, 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 and then I, I actually, I was reading in one of my textbooks. I mean, the, this is for a college-level class, but still, they actually tell you the ingredients for how to make a mailbox bomb. I was thinking, <laughs> you know, th- is that really necessary for a textbook? Yeah, let's tell a bunch of help. stoners that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> And other other stuff, uh, I try to research stuff whenever I can when I'm talking about something I only know a little bit about. Like the that's actually what happened in the "What Is Machinima" episode, where I, I was just looking up some like the funniest sounding slang I could know. So I was looking at this list, and then I saw one of them meant like marijuana joints dipped in formaldehyde. I was thinking, people actually do that? Jesus Christ! <laughs> so uh, so I was thinking, okay, this is crazy. I'm gonna throw this. I even found this peer-reviewed article that somebody, like a whole report, somebody wrote about this stuff and prevalence. But I actually heard about that on some cable show where someone actually smoked one of those. I, I, it was one of those HBO ones. I don't know. I don't get HBO anymore, but so apparently someone does that. <laughs> Dave, somebody somewhere abuses something. Yes. Um, yeah, I do. Um, I remember now. Um, You've uh, done some stuff with Noesis, and uh, they're pretty pretty good with the uh, the whole machinima and modding sort of tool set and whatnot. Um, the question I have is really all about uh, 
have you ever wanted to or have you ever thought about partnering up with other machinima-based uh, Half-Life 2 companies like LitFuse and other things like that to create more of a to create more of a a longer like a almost a feature film machinima like what they did with the uh, War of the Service sort of thing. Have you ever thought about doing something along those lines? A uh, little bit. It would have to be someone though. Like I was just blown away by their writing. Yeah. Like so, we like there's only like a handful of ones that seem like that. But like you said, like man, like you said, soda, like bad soda. Like if they wanted to, there, there's someone I, I can like completely respect in terms of writing. For, for the people who don't know what this is, I guess they'll have the links. But um, it's more like if it takes me months to do some of these anyway. I mean, I'd, I'd love to get more animation help, although it can be tricky managing that sort of thing. But, but it takes me months to do it anyway. You know, I really want to be spending like a year or so doing a movie at this point. You know, it seems like I could do. It seems like I could do more getting smaller things out, maybe like building up more as a fan base or awareness. So maybe by the time I could do a movie, like there'd be more resources to work with. You know. Mm -hmm. um, Something else I was going to say. I, forgot I, I, uh, I noticed that. Go ahead. I was just saying, if we're talking about future developments, um, some guy from some zombie mod wants to know, um, are you going to be doing Freeman's Mind for Half-Life 2? Any plans for that? Uh, the, the answer to that is actually on the web, on my website. But, uh, yeah, I'll answer it publicly. Um, maybe. You know, basically, by the time I get to Half-Life 1, people may decide, like, this is really, like, a one-trick horse, you know. So if I have like you know 15 viewers by the time I'm done with that, you know, yeah, I don't really want to promise doing Half-Life 2, but mm -hmm. but you could totally much, make a few boob jokes I, in Half-Life. Yeah, I was just about to say, I promise you, you're <laughs> gonna have an, an easier, easy, I'm sorry, e either an infinitely easier time oh. with it because of Alex, or you're gonna have such a difficult time with it because. Oh, of oh no, I, I'm I'm certain Half-Life 2 would be easier for me to do. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, I thought about starting it there, but I was thinking, well, you know, Half-Life 1, it seems kind of off to start at the beginning of a sequel, you know, so that's why I started doing Half-Life mm -hmm. to begin with. Yeah. Uh, Actually, so I'd say odds are I'll probably do it. I mean, you can put that, like this. That if, would be awesome. A, if there's about as much interest in it then as there is now, then yeah. And I am going to, and just to make it clear, I'm going to be picking up the pace a lot. I realize they've been kind of few and far between, but that's because I've been doing other things too. I'm going to start making this a priority and do the other things Good. like on the side. So everybody but, uh, have a well, kind of noticed this. Tie, tying into the bad soda thing, I, am I wrong to think that you took some, uh, some tips from their voice acting because when you look at their dialogue in that particular video, it isn't very good, but the way they deliver the lines is brilliant. It's, it's more than 50% of, of what makes it funny. Is, uh, do you take any of those elements for your, uh, for your videos? Not consciously. Um, really? It's yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I can. I mean, not not that I'm aware of, you know. But it's more like when I listen. I'll take. I'll take cues from a lot of different movies. Actually, just sometimes there'll be like one movie, and there'll be like one line that's delivered well. And then sometimes I will use that as cues. It's mainly I'll listen back to it. And I'll try and see. I mean, I, I definitely do cut corners in Freeman's mind. But I'll generally try to listen back to it and see, well, does this sound funny or does this sound believable? Does this sound forced? You know, that's well, then, 
So who who would you count as your greatest uh, comedic inspirations then? Like if okay. you had to take choose from. Uh, okay. Have you ever seen the movie? Uh, well, okay. Freeman's my obviously Mystery Science Theater three thousand. I mean, yeah. Was, yeah. I, saw that. I mean, the parallels. You know, the, there's no escaping that. Um, one I like is this is an old movie from the seventies, but it's like one of the funniest ones I've ever seen. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Used Cars? No. Here. Okay, it's Kurt Russell. I think I think Spielberg was at least a producer. He might have directed. I don't know if he directed or not. Probably was just a producer. But it, if you get it, if you find that anywhere, you know, from a video rental store or something, it, it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It's basically about this used cars. Okay. It's about this used car salesman where his owner ends up dying, but he covers that up. And then just uses that to just run with it to raise as much money as he can from sales, doing anything he wants since he's not liable. It's it's entertaining. Um, let's see. I'm I'm sure I can think of it by the time we end the podcast. I'm trying to think of like some examples of like specific lines. Well, sometimes the movie doesn't even have to be good, but sometimes like lines will be delivered like especially well. Um, but I guess other comedies I like are the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Um, let's see, what are some other ones? Largely uh, American comedy, then, huh? Yeah, largely American comedy. Um, I mean, well, okay, well, that's probably a good example of, okay, yeah, example of a line delivered really well for British comedy would be like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. There's a lot of skits in there where the delivery is so perfect. Like when he's, uh, well, like, okay, if, I imagine some plenty of you have seen that, like the scene where the Michael Palin's explaining to the two guards to wait here until they come and get him. You know, like the Michael Palin's performance here. You know, he's walking out the door, so it's like, so wait here until you or anyone else. It's like, no, no, no. He turns around, and comes back. I mean, there's a lot of real subtle things that are done there that are just so well done. I mean, there's obviously stuff that's real goofy and over the top too, but or the scene where. You know, they want to burn the witch, and then he's asking them a question, and he starts asking them a question. They're all silent, and they have, you know, they're, they're, they're about to say something, but then don't, you know. And he says, it quite, it, it, is it because she's made of wood? Good. <laughs> oh, and they all start clapping and going pat on the back. I, I like real subtle <laughs> stuff like that, you know. I definitely, I definitely looked at that for inspiration. You, you, can, you can definitely tell, because there, there's just little things you pick up on. One of, one of our favorites was uh, when you walk by the black scientist and you just and you just Yo, glance up. up. And, yeah, it was just the little things like that is what really gets us, and we, we love that the, the detail there. Actually, I was. Do you know the scientist randomized which ones you get each time you play, which models you get when you play through Half Life Two for the most. I mean, when you play through Half Life for the most part. I was actually planning to do that, no matter which scientist was going to be there. But it happened to be black, so why not? That is possibly one of the funniest parts of Freeman's mind for me, and it's just so random. It's awesome. Dave, you were trying to say something earlier. Sorry. I actually forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite parts of the episode is when he's walking away. Actually, I think I changed the... Because I I record a demo of Freeman's mind, I mean, of Half-Life when I do this, so I can actually go back and change things they say with other video clips, and I'll still play the same way. That's why I replaced that one where he's walking away and he's saying, as I expected, like, you know, it's like, yeah, that's right. Leave it. it turns out, like, what was that? 
You trying to say something about me? They have that silence. Yeah, that was, that was well-timed. That was your show. Yeah. So, my actually, question... Um, oh, sorry, actually, buddy. just real before you go on, like, there was one scene, I think it was episode 10 or 9, and you actually referenced a uh, Australian um, idol, an Australian, basic, an Australian celebrity, basically. And it was kind of funny because I, it sounded like you didn't even, like, did you, did you know that you were doing that by any chance? Oh, yeah, I was trying to mock Crocodile Hunter. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, had a... I actually had a did a lot of takes on that. Even yeah. though it's probably still bad, I did a lot of takes on that to try and give an Australian accent. Yeah. You, yeah I'm I, not the best voice actor by any means. Like, I tend to make up for a quantity of takes, you know. It was actually funnier that it didn't sound anything like him. Um, <laughs> so you, you, you did do a good job. I must uh, commend you on that. So that's all I wanted to say. You can you can go on to the interview now. Yeah, I'll put some um, the latest one. Yeah. My 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 next question is for Craig and Ryan since they're sort of sitting there quiet. Yeah. Them. Um, so what's it like working with Scott uh, with Ross and more more specifically for Ryan? What's the difference between, you know, doing models and animations for a machinima? And what's the difference between doing models and animations for a mod? Uh, okay, I would think that the biggest difference between the two is that in a mod, it all has to work in the game. And within a machinima, you can cut a lot of corners. Um, just basic things. Um, it might not all work in one take. Um, several times there'll be sequences where you'll set it up and then you'll have a clever cut where you change the map. And that's two completely different sequences where in a mod you'd have to have that be all one sequence and it would have to work perfectly every time. And the way Ross actually records is he'll get it working in the map and he'll just like stand in a corner and run it and it'll record a demo and then he can reload it and it'll run exactly the same every time so if a, a physics based thing or something that a trigger and you know like in the Halloween episode when chairs flew across the room and stuff if that didn't come out right he could just reload it and then maybe it'll the physics will come differently and he'll get a good one and he can just reload that demo and every time it'll be exactly the same whereas in a mod you'd have to go back and really tweak the triggers to get that to work properly every time. Mm -hmm. yeah, that only worked about like 15%. That ending scene in the Halloween, so that was actually all one scene, but it only worked like 15% of the time. But I got one demo of it, and that's all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as far as, as, far as doing the voices, I, mean, I, I already mentioned that you know, we do a lot of takes to make sure everything is as right as we can get it. Uh, the main thing I think is interesting is occasionally if if we're doing a lot of takes and it's just not getting any closer, like he'll Ross will come up with some sort of inspirational thing, like he'll say, "You ever seen this and this?" And, or you know, imagine you're this guy. Like I think the most effective one was that I, I I may be making some enemies by saying this, but I never cared for that Firefly series, and mm -hmm. I never understood why many people thought it was just so incredibly awesome. I just didn't get that. So one time when he was like like the part in the most recent the civil protection i was like oh you're one of those metal heads and yeah, so he said well imagine you're talking to one of those like firefly enthusiasts and you have no idea what the <laughs> fuck they're talking about or why they're so excited about it and for some reason that was just a perfect inspiration and i i came out with it and it worked and like he'll use use things like that and it's actually quite effective as long as i know what he's going for with the example 
<laughs> I just feel like I need to say Firefly is awesome. I told you. I, I, see, I told you. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica is better. Uh, depends on what you're going for. But yeah, it's it's that sort of thing. I mean, it's like, like I, the first time we did it, it was pretty basic. I mean, we just sort of did it over and over until we had a feel of it. But I, I think he's actually. I think you, you've actually gotten us a lot better sense of like getting it to where you want it to be, which I guess makes sense because we've been doing this. How long have we been doing this anyway? I don't even know. Uh, I try not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for at least two years. <laughs> so, Ross, I mean, talking about the differences between Freeman's Mind and, uh, and Civil Protection, one almost seems like a solo act, Freeman's Mind, and Civil Protection seems like sort of a group act. Is there any way you're going to bring some other people into Freeman's Mind in some form or another? I mean, I know some people have worked on it, but not not directly, almost indirectly. Um, I wouldn't mind doing it. I don't know. Well, you tell me. Where would you put them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I know. It's just, is there any way we can get Craig in Freeman's mind or something like that? Have you guys bounced any ideas off each other? Gordon Freeman's conscience. <laughs> <laughs> so now Dave is supposed to be his conscience? Oh, dear. <laughs> This is that'd, why that'd I'm be not, a hell of a difference. That'd be this is this is part of the reason I'm not as enthused about Freeman's mind in some ways because it is a limiting format. You know, it's basically a monologue. I'm kind of amazed people are still as interested in it as they are. But you know, I don't mind doing. I I, I don't have anything else I can get out. I don't have any other ideas I, at the moment I can get out as nearly as fast. So. Can Can I just make a suggestion? Uh, me and sure. Nick. And uh, William are huge fans of uh, a comedy duo called uh, Mitchell and Webb, and they have a show called Peep oh, Show. Oh, oh, I've seen a few of those. My favorite is the Professor Digby Chicken Caesar. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, God, sorry. I love those. Uh, yeah, they are really good. You oh, should definitely God. download and watch all of the Mitchell and Webb look, the Mitchell and Webb sound, and Peep Show, but particularly pay attention to Peep Show because they follow the same format as Freeman's Mind, where if you were to just watch it, it's not funny, but because they have their own mental commentary, it's absolutely hilarious because you see how pathetic and funny and sad these people are. So one thing they do is, although they follow uh, Re uh, Mitchell, um, they'll switch to other characters, so they'll actually go into someone else and you'll hear them talking to themselves. So maybe you could do the voice of Alex or Barney or something along those lines from, from their point of view as well. So you're not just limited to Gordon, maybe. Mm. Oh, maybe. <laughs> so I guess Craig I guess my, my question for you and Ryan again is so what's it like working for Ross he almost seems like he almost seems like a daddy of the project Ooh, I mean, you guys are like Ross? his children aren't they, aren't they a team I mean it's pretty laid back I think and, you know we'll, we'll occasionally just get off on these you know tangents and we're trying to tape something if it's like after too many takes, it's maybe getting a little old. We'll just kind of, you know, unofficially break for five minutes, and then we'll just get back to it. And but mostly, it's just kind of a thing of, you know, we all want it to do well, so we're all trying to, you know, make it as good as we can. So it doesn't really feel like it's being managed, really. At least not to me, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. I definitely have to agree. No, you're you're extremely laid back. I mean, I sometimes take a little while to get animations to you and I, I tell you to lean on me and so whenever you do it's it's because I encourage it because I usually work better if I have a deadline and you're so laid back and you're just like here do this get it to me whenever so I mean my only restriction as far as getting it done is I have to 
I have to, you know, not do it when my roommate is like trying to sleep or he's doing something else that I have to have that I can't yell. You know, occasionally you may have noticed my character has to yell like they're batarangs, <laughs> which my roommate, my roommate will still just randomly yell at me. They're batarangs because of all the takes we did. <laughs> so how long does it take you to get, or I guess Ross just dropped, but Craig, how long does it take um, for you guys to sort of record audio for one, for one episode of Civil Protection, like a six minute episode? Well, usually it's like, it, we don't try to get it all done in just basically one day, spread out over maybe, you know, an hour or two, depending on how many tapes we could do. I mean, usually what happens is I'll tape my end, and then I'll send it back to him, and then uh, Ross will go over anything, and if there's anything that doesn't sound quite right, or that I said it too fast, or that, you know, the pacing isn't right, then we'll try to tape that again to get it, to get it better. Uh, how long it takes Ross to tape his lines, I actually am not completely certain because he's never actually told me how many takes he does, but I do know he does a lot more takes with himself because he does kind of an affected voice and you have to get that right like every single time. So I know it's at least, you know, an hour or two's worth of taping on my end for everyone. So I'm guessing it's at least that many on his end as well. And when you guys started Civil Protection, I mean, Ross already explained why he wanted to do cops, obviously because of the models, and he didn't want a face showing or something like that. But um, for you guys, how did you guys decide on your personalities? Like, for example, why weren't you the serious cop and Ross sort of the, the kooky guy who likes to act as a ninja? Well, it was probably because he thought my voice sounded so joyful and frightening. Uh, I translated through digital media that I just had to be the crazy unhinged one. And I was more than happy to do that because, quite honestly, it's like... I won't say it's I won't say it's that close to my actual personality, but I do kind of have a, you know, scare the normal people kind of thing going on. So it's like it's to me it's sort of a fun thing. Plus, you know, you get to have a character who's really quirky, who does insane, utterly out of his mind things all the time. It's it is fun to play that kind of character. Especially think... one that that's always happy all the time, no matter what. I mean, he'll always manage to find some way to turn anything just awesome like he'll just like you know the little aliens just be like hey alien <laughs> you know it's like that just is so perfect i think the contrast between your characters really suit the contrast between your actual voices it's it's nice you don't see that enough it's like people try to fake that but for you guys it's it's really natural it really just fits you guys got the perfect sort of combination um my next question to Ryan, I guess, um, would be, are you working on any other mods right now in terms of uh, modeling and animation? Um, I am not. I tried to get on a, a lot of mod teams for like weapon modeling and player modeling and stuff, but it was uh, between time constraints and just the mods that I was interested in working on fell apart that nothing really worked out. And I had been doing that for a little while before I got interested in civil protection and nothing really came of it. But, I mean, I've done just little hobby-type projects of my own that haven't really amounted to anything. So, civil protection is pretty much the only thing I'm working on right now. What was the most difficult thing for you to integrate into civil protection in terms of modeling and animating? Can you give us an example? And how you sort of circumvented that? Um... Are you asking for like the most difficult animation that I did, or yeah, or a difficult scenario? Or okay, or um, like that, if you go look at the "What Is Machinima" video, the Tai Chi at the beginning took me about a week to do. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, he, he, Ross is pretty insistent that we had to have that because it just was that was Dave's character, and I had to agree. 
So, I mean, I was I was damn impressed though. I have to tell you when I saw it. So, whatever you did, you did it really well over that couple of weeks. Ross sent me a YouTube video, and he's like, "Could you animate this?" And I was like, well, "I mean, it doesn't look that hard." You know, two days later, I was like, "This this sucks." And the the video that he sent was maybe twice as long as what's actually animated. I got. I got through about half of it, and I was like, okay, it's been a week. I've been doing this, like, every day for a week. <laughs> and wow. he's like, well, how long is it? And looked at it. He thought it was good enough, so. Uh, what do you actually specialize in? Like, organic animation or just mechanical? Um, I have actually no formal animation schooling. Mm. I've just been, like, I picked up XSI and decided that I wanted to learn how to model stuff, so I just kind of downloaded videos off the internet uh, a lot of them from MobDB actually and oh, there you uh, go. <laughs> learned how to model and uh, animate from there as well um, so um, most of my animation is just self-taught but I can pretty much do anything mechanical animation is obviously easier but for like the body animations and stuff I do for silver protection Ross will actually just get in front of a webcam and act out the animation and that's the easiest way to do it though yeah i just load up the video in xsi and use it as a rotoscope and mm -hmm. go based on that yeah and craig what was the? Most i mean do you have to oh, hang on just sorry well yep. i just got to follow up i mean with the organic stuff do you actually feel that you need to tune it up a little bit like make it less realistic i mean you did say that uh ross gets in front of a webcam i mean we all know i mean you must know that when you animate something that is realistic you touch on that uncanny valley sort of thing where it looks realistic yeah. but it's not realistic that's like, what i was to... most that's the one thing that i was most concerned about in the the tai chi animation because that's so fluid and just so non-natural i was a little concerned that it, it looked too mechanical mm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the one problem I have as well. Just with the trying to get the trying to not get into that uncanny valley because once you get there, it's hard to get out because you yeah. think it looks right, but then in comparison, it looks like nothing else in the game, and it just doesn't fit right. I mean, the other question that I have, and I think Ross could probably answer this because I'm pretty sure he's one that edits a lot of the videos and directs them a lot more than what any of the other team members would do. Is that uh, how much do you touch? <laughs> how much do you touch on the miss on scene elements? when you create a uh, storyboard for your machinima um, episodes? Oh, oh sorry, that's me or Ryan? Um, whoever edits, I guess, can answer. <laughs> okay, edits or so, directs. Oh, so how much do I, like, reference uh, storyboards? Like lighting, like lighting mise-en-scene elements, you know, stuff like that. Well, wait, I'm confused. Storyboarding is, like, something you do way early. Editing something you do kind of towards the end, but... Mm. Miss on scene, as in like uh, setting up and using storyboards to uh, project lighting and uh, setting up the scene with uh, appropriate camera angles and whatnot. Oh, well, that, that's. I guess I haven't really. But he's story... just kind of wing it. <laughs> yeah, to an extent. Some for for the angles. Earlier on, I used to wing it more. Now. Um... Like for the angles, especially, I've become a lot more conscious of that um, because, like, I found part of the problem is, like, see, you have moving elements, like, in the background, like this last for the morning patrol episode I did. 
I want to make sure those are being seen at the right time. So I'll try and plan it out. I, I mean, usually I do all the animation first, but I don't really start thinking about the angles. Well, unless they're like shots I really want to do. Like I knew I wanted that bottom looking up shot at the helicopter of the troops are pulling down or the donuts. Mm -hmm. I wanted that way early on, but other, but just for regular ones, once I have it animated, I'll go through, I'll just basically just kind of meditate in my mind. Okay. Let's, what shot needs to go here? What, what needs to be next? What, what won't confuse people? It, it's sort of, it, now when it was sort of a balance between trying to show off the map and everything that's going on and what's happening and not confusing the viewers because you don't want to like switch too much between like what's called the 180 rule where mm, you, know, yeah. you cross over the two characters, which I stilt on the break on occasion. But... Well, you can break it so long as you do it in sort of stylized. There's other yeah. rules to follow though too in cinema, like uh, like moving from one shot to another. You can't oh, yeah, move yeah. in more than two degrees or something like that. Um, like you can't go from a medium to an extremely long shot. It just doesn't work. Uh, do you guys follow those sorts of things too? Uh, to some extent, from movement, I did. I, I tried to do that with the latest one, where you know, where Mike's walking back. You know, I tried to make sure it was always going from like left to right, or you know, from left to yeah. center. That's something. Yeah, of course. So back to my sort of original sporadicness of questions. Um, Craig, what was the most difficult? I guess Craig and Ross, since you guys sort of work together and for audio. What was the most difficult part for you guys? Like, when were you guys just like, oh my god, I don't want to do this anymore? Like, what was the most difficult line, almost? Mm, I, dude, I think, I'm pretty sure there vampires. was... Vampires! Oh god, the vampires! I, I totally, I'd forgotten about it till now, but that was by far the one that we did the most takes of. No, they're not vampires, Mike. No. <laughs> you know, like, there was there was one episode in which the guy, a guy didn't have a shadow. It was, I guess it was, it was kind of a joke on, you know, how in the video options, they can just turn off shadows as if that looks natural at all. And, <laughs> and you know, this guy, you know, the joke was he didn't have a shadow. So Mike starts saying, maybe he's a vampire, which, you know, it's just kind of funny because usually David's the irrational one. So in this case, the <laughs> contrast is kind of yeah. dark. And then, so Dave just says, not vampires, Mike. And I, I just couldn't get the enunciation on vampires, right? And it was just, like, I, I get within an inch of getting it. It was just like, ugh. Well, I wanted, yeah, I was kind of overly picky. I made Craig do it way too many times. <laughs> but ba basically, I, I wanted to, I, I wanted his tone of voice to suggest like, like no, it, to suggest that Mike was being kind of stupid about this. No, there's not vampires, Mike. You know, like what's wrong with you? you know? But it, so some things are harder for like Craig. Some things are harder for me to enunciate or do too because I don't. It's not my natural voice for Mike, you know. I do a different voice for this. So. Speaking Although I, I still say the craziest voice you ever did was the voice you did for the Vortigaunt. Yeah, the, I, I looked at the credits. I was like, that was Ross. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I forget. Was it my or your idea to have him walking back from the store, yeah. carrying the forty of booze? Yeah, yeah, that was Craig's idea to have him in the background walking. Oh yeah, because I remember cause I, I pointed out there's a model of there's a model of a forty of beer in the in the game. Why don't we use Why don't we have him carrying that if he, if you can do that? <laughs> Emmanuel, um, I was gonna ask. Speaking about frustrations, um, if there were no limitations for for you uh, and Craig and uh, 
And Ryan, what, what ideas would you love to implement or love to have implemented were not for those limitations? What are the things you wish you could do if you didn't have uh, limited resources or time, essentially? I guess Craig. Well, always. <laughs> or, or have you been able to implement all of your ideas? That's true, too. Craig? Oh, well, it seems, I mean, at least from what I've noticed, a lot of the ideas sort of do tend to flow from the limitations of the engine that they're that we're using. But I mean, for the most part, it's really just a matter of of time. I mean, like a lot of the ideas when implemented have been, I think, pretty, pretty well done. It's just that it takes a while to iron all the kinks out of it. It takes a while to, you know, to get all the recordings down right. It's really just a, just a matter of time and not enough other people working on it, I guess. I mean, if, if we had like a big old crew for it, that would be just awesome. But, I mean, if we had unlimited resources, what we'd probably do is get a lot more people on board, you know, doing a lot more specific things all at the same time. But that, that's the main limitation at the moment is just the number of people that can be working on it. And I mean, even, it, but the counterpoint to that, of course, is the more people you have working on it, the more things you have to manage all at once. Oh, so God. whether that would speed things up or not, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if it would or not. Some ways it does, some ways it doesn't. So, there's not, so you've been able to implement everything you wanted? No, but no, no means. From, well, maybe, okay. You can ask Craig and Ryan that for me, not even close. Yeah, I mean, as far as as far as getting the the voice down, I mean, I'm I'm always trying to sort of get better at that. I mean, I just sort of jumped into this just because he, you know, Ross told me about it. Like we were, I guess we were talking about um, we were talking about Red versus Blue, and I was mentioning how it kind of got weaker in the later seasons, and he was like, "Well, man, we could do something better than this," and I was like, "Well, all right." <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how it came about, really, at least as far as how it came about my getting involved in it. Well, with Red vs. Blue, for those who have seen it, uh, I really like the first 10 episodes or so, where it's mainly just them screwing around and being concerned with real petty stuff and just having conflict based on that. And I was thinking, man, I, I want to, if I was them, I wouldn't have gone off on this branching plot line. I, I would have just kept it there where it's just kind of fun and just kind of. They started taking themselves too seriously and continued. Yeah, don't uh, worry. I'm not going to do that. There, they actually got like uh, people who like people who were paying them to do it basically yeah. after that point. And that's when they said, right, well, we got to put this on us, make this a story and you know, start making some revenue off of it. And now they're a full-fledged company that uh, make machinima. Mm -hmm. uh, go figure. Hmm. Well, so, I mean, I, was, I would have liked it better if on the storyline, they'd gone with something sort of like Catch-22, where the guy, some guy's malingering because he doesn't want to be sent to where the aliens actually are, and he's just thinking of ways to fuck around with everybody. It's like, I don't know. And I, I would have I found that entertaining, and they could have gone that route, but I don't know. They decided to go with this whole weird, multi-dimensional thing. It's like, this is getting way too Final Fantasy VIII, you guys. <laughs> but you know what's funny about the whole story? Like, um, they actually, later on down the track in about season three or four, they actually go back and reference old jokes but like bring them back again and yeah. that's what I, I find to be like well one of the most funniest things that the uh, rooster teeth guys do with their series is that um like out of the blue they will explain something and inconsistency in a previous episode four oh, yeah, seasons well, that, ago that i did find pretty funny when it when they did it 
because it's you know like their about, explanation yeah. of it would be so so you know out out there that I mean you think this is what retconning is designed for. <laughs> but why is he yellow? I don't know. Why is that guy yellow? Who knows? <laughs> yes. I love when they go back in time. I, yeah. I kind of want to actually. I want to kind of start adding some hooks in some of my episodes where, you know, I'll have the real episode, but like off in the background, I'll have like some Metro Cops running around. Then maybe like ten episodes later, I'll, I'll come back to that with some time traveling episode. The most fun little detail I remember from one of the episodes was from the aliens one. I remember. Ross, you would actually point this out to me because I didn't notice it at first. Just oh, the, yeah. the intergalactic really drug deal taking place behind Mike and Dave on the other side of the sidewalk. There's this guy leaning against the lamppost. This Vortigaunt comes out of the building and kind of talks to the guy and hands him something. And the guy then walks away and the Vortigaunt goes in the other direction. I guarantee everybody who's listening to this right now will go back and watch that. <laughs> that but keep that in mind now and start implementing those ideas because I'm sure you'll run into that in the future. Mm. But, uh, so, what... what for you, for you three actually, because this involves Ryan too. What was the, what is or was the most tedious thing to work with or around in the uh, engine? engine? Type <laughs> oh, that freaking head bobbing! Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The when Mike and Dave talk, their head goes up and down, and that uh, before. I don't remember exactly who it was that developed the tool for that, but we got a, a cu- yeah, we got a custom program to do that for us, or at least streamline it. So it's oh, easy. God, it's awful. But um, I don't know how experienced any of you guys here are with with Face Poser, but to do that, it was basically there's one thing like animation flex point on the head that can just go back and forth. And you had to map their head going back and forth to every single line in an entire episode. It was awful. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Aliens was. I, I think I did it even more than Ryan, but Ryan did plenty of it to know the pain of it. That sounds. That sounds like about as exciting as counting the number of stitches on your steering wheel while you're on the interstate. Yep. <laughs> that needs to be a line in civil protection now. <laughs> <laughs> My my question now then, I mean, we've talked so much about Machinima, and here on Podcast 17, we've talked to so many mod developers. Um, I guess I'm going to stir up a can of worms and ask, do you think Machinima is more difficult than mod developing? Um, depends on the mod. Yeah? It seems like it has all the elements, minus gameplay, plus oh, yeah. you're adding, you know, you have to do all the, the communications work, the, the video production. It depends yeah. on who you speak to, probably, because <laughs> saying that to someone, you know, like a bug fixer for a big mod would probably say it's a lot easier to make Machinima because it only has to work once. So, depends, I would say. I'd say a yeah, mod is probably harder. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, my inclination is to believe that a mod is harder because Machinima is basically like one long scripted sequence. I mean, granted, everything has to be exactly in place for it to be believable, but nevertheless, there's not. Because you're not dealing with possible interactions, you don't have to worry about, well, what if he goes over here? Yeah, that's true. I, think. So the, I will say that animation can add a lot to the time. Like, you have things going on in Machinima animation-wise, well, some of them, that you may not have in a lot of mods. I mean, yeah, there's a lot, even mods with, like, a lot of multiplayer ones, yeah, they'll have a lot of animations, 
it'll be like run, you know, jump, reload. I'm actually reminded of the animations from the first Half-Life mod, Science and Industry. You can, oh, at one point you can bash the, the, uh, the scientists over the head and steal them and take them back to your base. The animation for that is just hilarious because the scientists basically just draped over your shoulder, limp kind of looking. And you're running back to them like at full tilt with the scientists on your back. It's like... It's my, inclination, my inclination is to say that mods on average probably take more work. I mean, for like the kind of stuff that I do, but I'm guessing the kind of episodes I do probably have more animation work involved than a lot of mods, if you see what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mostly because of the static, uh, static uh, world that you're basically creating, you need to create uh, living, breathing things in that world, whether that be you know, a tree moving or something like that. And yeah, I mean, I mean, um, if I mean, you're a character running through a level, you're not necessarily going to see that. So it's not necessarily that much of a big deal. But for a static... Uh, presented video, then it is a lot of work. I mean, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, the uncanny value. Like one thing that Russ puts in here, and I, I like he'll put in like little details like that. I mentioned the drug deal thing that you don't even notice at first. Like one that I noticed was uh, there was one point at which a um, uh, one of those camera bots was following somebody, like to I guess spying on them or whatever. And then it noticed somebody more interesting, I guess, across the street. It went over across the street and started spying on that guy. So it's like. And the oh, guy who was like, getting spied at kind of looked at it like, what are you doing? And it's like, <laughs> little stuff like that. You don't even really see it at first. But it's really important to have it in there because it has to be, you have to look at there's more people than just Mike and Dave and this combine dictator planet, you know? Even if your subconscious is picking up on it, I think it still adds a lot to, to the episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you watch Family Guy and you look at another character who's not speaking and they just stare blankly yeah, and do nothing. You notice it. You really did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I guess Family Guy tries to sort of make that into a joke, but still, you do notice it. Nah, it's just poor oh. animation. There's no, there's no excuse for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I defer to the expert. So I got a pretty <laughs> abstract question for Ross and Craig. Um, would you guys think of yourselves more as puppeteers or actors? No, I kind of think of myself as, the voice as a voiceover guy. It's like... You know, you have to you have to make it sound like you're this actually this person who's walking around in this digital plane of existence, and you kind of have to put yourself into the head of Dave, which is chaotic and bizarre enough already. And then you have to sort of imagine, you know, not just what would Dave say, but I guess in the case, Ross mostly imagines what I'd say, but how would he say it? And I mean, I do I do take like I said all these cues from Ross, and he's pretty good at providing a good cue if I don't quite have it what he wants, but. I mean, part of it, you have to sort of just put yourself in there and imagine, you know, what would what would a happy-go-lucky psycho say in this situation? <laughs> Ross, puppeteer or actor? It's, it's like, uh, to me, I don't really think of it that way, because, I mean, for the first episodes especially, like, I did every single aspect of it except the voice of Dave, you know, so, you know, I wrote the script, did the, did all the voices that edited the map, did the animations and face poser, recorded it, edited that, you know, did, came up with the title. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it, it's hard to pick one. It's it's like asking, what's a good, like, one-man mod? I mean, there's more people involved now, but it's like asking, like, a one-man mod or, like, what, 
how he sees himself. You know, it's kind of, I wish I could just limit it down to one thing. Yeah, I know. Sorry, it's abstract. It was just something that I thought would be interesting. Oh, well, something I want to emphasize is that even though Craig and Ryan are here, like, as the series has gone on, I've gotten more volunteer help. And there's people who have contributed a lot who aren't here. So just mm-hmm. just wanted people to know it's not like just three of us. It's just yeah. quick, get a short notice. I mean, one, th- one thing I was surprised about, I remember, Russ, you, you sent this to me, like, maybe a week after we put the first episode up, is all these, all these people that were doing... Uh, like translation subtitles and in all these different languages. Like there was one in German, there was one in Czech, there was one in Uh-oh, like, there's, there's more there was one there was one in Ukrainian. Uh oh, now that I have the website up, I'm gonna start hosting and we just have like two hundred emails to sift through for that. <laughs> so uh a question that that uh we we don't ask a lot because usually it doesn't pertain, but for you guys, have you been in touch with Valve? Have they contacted you or vice versa about either Freeman's mind or... None whatsoever. No? So for all I know, they don't know I exist. So. That's how we I, feel kind of on Podcast 17. <laughs> yeah, but see, you guys actually have content that they would actually put on Steam, so... <laughs> well, maybe. See, I do use a lot of um, game sa- music from other game soundtracks. Like, that's actually one of the reasons I do release my videos on Machinima.com is that, you know, they're able to they work out these deals with other companies so that one person is going to say, oh, hey, this is another game. You need to take it down because it's copyrighted. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, gen- I mean, it's general, it's too obscure, and then the companies don't care about it or else they're happy to have it. So, like, it's sort of like a shield there. Yeah. I mean, wasn't there one instance, Ross, where you, would, where you actually went to the composer himself and asked, you know, can I use this before you went to Machinima? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it might have been Zach Bellica. We did music for Sin, uh, Fact 2. Um, they did a lot of ritual games. Mm-hmm. So actually, that, that spawns a whole new type of question. Um, would you suggest for, for new Machinima developers out there or something to sort of work under an umbrella corporation like Machinima.com or do their own thing? I mean, what are the pros and cons of working with Machinima.com? Um, basically, exposure is the pro. Um, like... I mean, they, you know, I did the first, like, I got more views from one episode, like, under their featured YouTube channel than I, than I did for, like, the same episode, um, because, I mean, they release stuff, like, in every other place I submitted it combined. I mean, they have a massive amount of exposure, so to me, it's sort of like a lazy way of copying out a PR work. Hey, so. you've never uploaded it to the Half-Life profile on ModDB. Exactly. See, it's it's a It's like, oh, well, now we got all these views. I don't have to. It's not that I don't want to. It's just that this stuff gets when you when you do like ten or twelve different roles, you start cutting corners. You know. I know how that feels. So, Emmanuel, do you have anything else? Uh, not really. I'm just. So chuffed that you guys can finally make it after 19 months of putting it off. <laughs> three months of not no, answering your emails. We thought you had died. Me getting disconnected three times right here in the interview. Yeah, it's just not destined to be, I suppose. Dan, do you have so, any questions? Actually, I have, I, do not. I, I have one. Is there anything else in the pipeline um, besides besides uh, civil protection and Freeman's Wild? Oh, yeah. Um, one, I'm keeping a surprise. Like... I mean, I, I can give, like, general hints about it. Basically, 
I, I don't want to like mention it until it's like getting close to be done, so somebody doesn't like do it and then just come out so they can say they did it first or there. But yeah. um, another one I want to do, which I, I will go into detail on, is um, I'd sort of like to do something pretty similar to civil protection, but just like in a fantasy environment, like a medieval fantasy. You know, I, I even I'm even tempted to have like the same characters as uh, guards. You know, basically anything where I can have them like so it's not showing their face, so they can. Yeah. I mean, don't, 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 sue us, don't sue us, Terry Pratchett, please. <laughs> One of my favorite. But I might, what I plan oh, to do there is it'll take a lot of work, so I want to kind of get more like other stuff under my belt. But um, it's like use Dark Messiah Might Magic had a whole bunch of medieval props and uh, models and stuff. And I think some. Some mods like Age of Chivalry, maybe Pirates, Viking Knights might give you some more material to work with. So, I mean, I want the same kind of range, but I'd like to do some other stuff like that. And even for the stuff I already have, well, Freeman's Mind's pretty much, you, you can know what to, you know what to expect. But um, <laughs> Civil Protection, I really have not tapped my full range of everything I want to do. But, like, I've, I've kind of done stuff that's in between, like, really easy ideas and stuff that's like so hard it's just kind of I, I can't even think about it this phase like I really want to like there's other like oh uh, well let me say by I, I say with absolute confidence you haven't seen my best work yet for civil mm -hmm. protection like I really want to do pretty much everything I'm going to do for that it's going to be comedy but I also want to do like some scary episodes where like I really try to scare the hell out of the viewers if I can um, I also stuff I really want to do is like adventure elements, you know, where they go off and like some mission, and, you know, thing, just lots they encounter all sorts of interesting or exotic situations. You know, um, I'm, I'm still waiting for the moment when they actually run into one of the combine soldiers and he's like really impassive and doesn't say anything. Yeah, well, no, we had some ideas about that. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, there's also a lot of action. Like some episodes, I want to have just tons of action like it's been like i think the closest i've had would be maybe like the end of a halloween safety episode or the oh yeah that man that, that, that the on. I, 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 I knew it was coming that freaking or the honor rail off the train but even though that's just tame compared to like the stuff i'm envisioning like also i want to do stuff with like more developed storylines you know i mean most of these are just like five or six minutes because it just kind of wears me down for the animation work plus People's attention spans aren't exactly hot, that hot on the internet, but yeah. So, so man, you may not you may not like some of these episodes, but uh, oh. so, some. Well, I mean, just based off of listening to your other podcasts, <laughs> so, uh, it, 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 just by based off of listening to some of to some of our other podcasts, you you should deduce that I don't like anything that I will actually. Want to like. <laughs> no, but uh, but actually, so. a question I have is. Uh, Will we ever see Gordon Freeman? Will I ever come across Gordon oh, Freeman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I dude, did you see that? I've wanted to play with Gordon Freeman for the civil protection. I don't know if some people have asked me if I go to Half Life 2, will I have Mike and Dave um, be, have Freeman encounter him? I don't know. I don't know if there's like a real convenient spot for that. If you guys have ideas where like I can nope. work Mike and Dave in in Half Life 2, it would be perfect. Let me know. I'm telling you, I mean, the perfect spot really would good. be when you get out of the. Uh the the apartment complex at the very beginning and you're sort of in that that quad 
with all the people and there's a lot of metric. Oh yeah. Oh, so they're shouting in the hallway or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, you know that uh, the train riding civil protection. You know when they ride the train. That's actually what. That's an actual map in Half Life Two where Gordon uses that frame to uh, that train to jump off to get to the other side. You should have them meet there. Yeah, but everybody's trying to kill you at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. you, you should oh, kill that's... everyone to get through that part of the train. You know? <laughs> they have snipers on you and stuff. So, what about the uh, the can bit at the very beginning when he's like, "Pick up that can." Well, no, that, no, that, that's actually some. Okay, here's something else I want to say for like anyone's listening. My interpretation of Half Life Two for civil protection is going to be like a slanted kind of rose colored version of what you get in Half Life Two. I'm going to try and like paint it. I'm going to try to paint it in the positive light the best I can. So the way I see it, you know, Freeman ran to a bunch of punk cops. That happens, you know. He gets kind of a one-sided perspective from all the rebels. He doesn't really talk to the people who are just going out their day and cooperating with the combine. So I'm going to try and show, like, the, my interpretation of the other side of that. What? That's like that's like if you noticed the donut shop. It was overwhelmingly predominated by, you know, by combine military and police, with maybe a few friendly civilians in there. Yeah, see, any any police force, you're going to have your punk cops or the ones that are power tripping, but then you're also going to have ones that just want to, they're just doing the, you know, just want their paycheck. paycheck. Yeah, yeah exactly. Paycheck. Mike and Dave, well, the mic is anyway, like that. You don't have to. <laughs> Dave is in it, Dave is in it so you can have a gun. Yeah, that's more like Greg's And fish with it. Be... You don't have to yeah. be limited by the, uh, the the story, though. I mean, there could be one part where there is civil protection there, and he and Freeman just happens to run out of bullets, so he runs up to them and tries hit hitting them with crowbars, and they're just I, ow! What the? What are you doing? Yeah, you know, I can totally see the two of them like guarding something, looking the other way, and then just an arm with a crowbar comes into frame and knocks one of them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm just my memory is a little hazy in Half Life too, so I'm just. I don't know. You guys probably know it a lot better than I do. So it's like the best place to implement that sort of thing. But but I will have civil protection episodes with Freeman in it. I have one or two planned like that. Cool. Well, coming from a fan, I would I would not be at all disappointed if you had to drop Half Life, and just went straight to Half Life Two. I would not. I know it sounds bad, but Half Life is long. Really yeah. Long, so. Well, hey, the other thing is, Fre- Gordon Freeman's 27. I'm 26. There's still another year to get to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that did not stop them in Harry Potter. Pretty soon he's going to have a beard. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so, Harry Potter and the midlife crisis. <laughs> so I got to ask, uh, or I got to ask you guys a favor that the listeners are essentially wanting you to do sort of a back and forth of civil protection craig and, and ross so could you maybe do like a little sample something off the cusp oh, and i have the scripts here oh, is there like a bit that you're ready i have a lot of them memorized what which part you want to do craig i don't know i'm, I'm trying to think uh <laughs> i got i got them all here where are they okay. it should be interesting Wait, they're in my downloaded folder never mind hold on William, you wanna you wanna reenact? Do you have guys have any requests for which part we're? Yeah, that's a good question. Do they have any requests? I guess we got we gotta wait for the live stream to catch up. Well, on that. while they come up with one, William, why don't we redo one of the uh, uh, Bruiser ones, the the pussy on a stick ones? <laughs> you know why I do archery? Cause it's pussy on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. Anyway, see, no one um... thinks that's funny, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I haven't seen for... Do a barrel roll. Somebody's What's pretending that? to be Ross Scott, I see. The barrel roll? <laughs> well, they find Here the same... barrel. Oh, I found one from... I, I found one from, um, on a rail that's kind of fun. Oh, which one? Um, it was, uh... Hold on a second. Fine, then. I'll meet you back here. Enjoy watching. Was. Yeah, but that's just sort of one said and big. Yeah. I'm and trying that's... to think of, like, a... I'm trying to think of, like, a good exchange. How about the alien one? Where, uh... Yeah, I think the alien one's the best exchange. Okay. Yeah. Where they're going over that. Just copy and paste yeah, yeah. that whole script. Give me script. a second, the script. I don't have everything memorized. To them. Uh, the one I always think is hilarious is there was there was one reference to Commander Keen in the Alien one. Oh yeah, yeah that, okay. that was hard for me to tape. I kept I kept laughing at that. I don't know where I put the Alien one. Do like a minute of the Alien script. This is gonna be. Awesome. I'm trying to find it. I don't know where to put it. I mean, I, I mean, I have a I have a copy, dude. If you need me to like send it back to you or something. Like, yeah, I guess so. It's kind of sad that you do the. Oh. You can just copy it in chat or the the Skype chat if you if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just copy the lines of the segment. Okay, hold on a second. Uh... Just pick a segment and roll with it. All right, I got I got one sequence right from the beginning of uh of the aliens episode, so I'll just okay. put that in the chat here. So then I, I'm rummaging through a dumpster in this part, and yeah. I said, oh, you got it! Got what? You'll see. This better not be a dead cat. Better. I'm glad I, <coughs> I'm glad I can't smell you through this mask. I, I can't always do Mike's voice. It, it kind of varies. Do another one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm glad I can't smell you through this mask. You really do change your voice, though. That must be difficult. Like, to, okay, oh, hell, why don't I do the Vortigaon? Oh, yeah, the Vortigaon. Yeah, is yeah, copy the part of the Vortigaon. I'll do the Vortigaon okay. voice. Hold on. I, this is this is just awesome. <laughs> Hold on. I was surprised at the voice, because I wasn't expecting the voice. Hey, buddy! Yeah, you! Come over here a minute! Oh, yeah. I ain't doing nothing, officer. <laughs> well, you're not in trouble. Well, you're not in trouble. I just have a question for you. I ain't seen nothing neither. <laughs> you think the combine is a stupid name for aliens? I mean, you guys. I mean, you guys have cool names. I don't know. <clears throat> Sorry. I don't know. I was just going down and store with some beer. Damn. Damn. This early in the morning. Uh, I got an ID. Yeah, forget it. Just get out of here. Okay, officer. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, you, like you said, this is good because now you can see why I do so many takes. Because <laughs> like, I don't I want these it. ones where like my voice is getting out or the emphasis is wrong and everything. So. It's it's great that you can do that right off the cuff though. Mm -hmm. I do several voices. Like I think there was one of. Oh, yeah, actually, I was gonna have one where. Like uh, Dave breaks out, starts singing like Louis Armstrong, but I was just gonna do the voice for the singing segment. Oh, so is what are the odds of me and William 
getting on uh, one of the episodes. Maybe, maybe. I need to catch up. Not bad, but I need to catch up first. We've already, I've already got like two. Yeah, I've got two or three episodes that are just unfinished. We gotta stop. Those are the ones I'm coming back to. And I have like a, a couple others that I like really want to get done before I start on the other ones first. So it's not that I don't. It's not that I'm willing. Not that I'm not willing to take more voice actors. It's just that, uh, you know, it's. There, there was also a cameo by my roommate as the as the re- occasionally reoccurring shadow guy. Everyone just calls him the shadow guy now. So oh, I but just... oh, he's going to get a bigger role in the new pilot. I'll say that. Yeah. But you may not recognize him. There, there's a there's this very there's a very good reason we I'm picking um, Craig's roommate as the lead voice actor. He can do a voice. I do not think many people can. You just do that. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. <laughs> well. I mean, I, I don't have any more questions. Does anybody else have anything else? We're going on. Like I don't. I'm sorry. Dave, no. you got anything else? Nah. I, I don't have a question. I do have a warning, though. If you do an opposing force one, it had better be epic, and I'd better be involved. Oh, actually, oh, well. that's a good question. There's um, Thomas actually hosts the uh, the Shepherd's Mind on Half-Life Creations. What do you guys think about spinoffs like that? Oh, it's fine. I haven't really watched it, but... Yeah. Again, I'm not sure I'd even want to watch my own episodes again. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I still laugh at the "you're in the barrel" joke, just because working for Navy Federal, I know I know a lot of sailors who like think that joke is just hilarious. Cool. What I thought well, was funny is I'm guessing most viewers didn't know that they probably had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, I guess we're nearing towards the end of the episode, and I'd like to thank you guys for coming on the show, Ross, sure. Greg, and Ryan. Oh, sure. No, thanks so much, guys. You're yeah, welcome back very anytime. Much. Anytime. Okay. okay. All right. We'll just well, throw well, if all those other Forever, I may want to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah, Fortress Forever. Oh, the rise and fall. Yeah. <laughs> what did we, you we say have, about I, my baby? Oh, we have many. <laughs> like, no, don't get me wrong. I love Fortress Forever 1.0. It's the later episodes that started happening to me. Later versions. What's wrong with 2.0? What's wrong with the new version? The fucking balance. You can edit that out, man, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> the balance, man. How much attack and defend do you play? Well, uh, I don't. You see, I play soldier. Ah. I don't I don't know. I just join a map and shoot things with rockets. I don't yeah, really that's why you like it. That's why see, I this, like it, yeah. Would, see, this would be like if, okay, like, um, William, I know you like Empires and Sun's Co-op a lot. You, yeah. could pro- you would probably notice big changes you think are creating a problem that you might not pick up just from running in every now and then playing for 45 minutes. Am I right? Yeah, I can. Yeah. yeah. That, that's kind of that's where it is. It's, it's not on the surface. No, it's still... No, on the surface, it's still awesome. It's just... That's how I felt with the newest version of Sun Co-op. I felt very yeah. cheated. Put it that way. And that's kind of how I feel about Fortress Reaver. Yeah, I mean, still better. Know, like, too. like, like you said, the early, the early uh, versions of it, I thought were Actually, a lot so better balanced. Plus, I mean, I guess I just kind of got annoyed at all the tweaks they were doing because the idea was to recreate Team Fortress Classic warts and all, and I sort of thought, well, why would you want to keep messing around with it just because this or that group in the forum says they want to change something? It's like, well, unless, unless the change is to make it more like the original one, why would you really want to do that anyway? Wasn't the stated purpose to make it less like TF2 and less like all these other Capture the Flag games and more like the original TFC? I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't get, I just don't get why people would be complaining about that kind of thing in the first place. Even. Oh, off topic a little bit. Oh, man, you asked if I had anything else in the line for what I want to do. 
I don't know if this will ever happen, but if I had enough resources, I would want to make a movie out of the mod science and industry. <laughs> I think it has really? a lot. Of, yeah, I'll I mean, give you a lot of That was a ridiculous mod, and you're right, it was funny. It would, it would be great. Oh, yeah, it would be like sort of a smart spy versus spy kind of thing. I, I'd make sure it was funny. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I mean, imagining some, I'm just imagining some some dude with the giant sideburns and the akimbo snoozies running around, sneaking around, look around the corner. <laughs> well, like I said, sort of nearing towards the end. I our, think that's it, yeah. Our ropes. Um, just as a reminder to listeners or anybody who tunes in much later, tune in every Sunday at 10 p.m. EDT or PM? Was 10 a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m., there we go. And uh, 1500 GMT on uh, Sunday for our live stream. You're missing out on a lot if you don't tune into our live stream. Um, and you also miss out on our play sessions, which I'd also like to remind all the listeners now is uh, Half-Life Deathmatch. And we have a server up. I'll be posting the IP in our um, Steam chat group. So what you need to do is you need to jump on Steam, find the Podcast 17 group, and uh, go ahead and join the public chat. And right there, there'll be our IP for the server. I'm also going to put it, I'm also going to give it to Nick, and maybe he can give it to the Justin.tv people and the live stream people for all you guys who don't want to load that up. So, anyway, I'd like to thank, uh, obviously, Ross Scott, Craig, and uh, Ryan again. Thank you for coming on. And, sure. Uh, Not a problem. Thanks, Dan and Dave and Emmanuel and Tom. Not a problem. It's always a pleasure, no, William. You know that. I feel bad for Thomas. He's paused right now and he's gone. He's, he's got a lot on his plate. He's oh, dealing man. with uh, evangelical Christians and getting married, and you know, it's a tough. Boy. I'll tell anyway. my wife's video. Thomas is kind of watch that. crime drama. Yep. I think a lot of people are going to download that movie that you uh, that you mentioned. <laughs> We're going to see the seeds on Pirate Bay go up. Apparently. <laughs> Or the leechers, I guess. Anyway, hey, Pirate so, Bay is free now. It's 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 an actual proper company now. So. Yeah, I know they got bought out, mm. or they got. Bought We've got to wrap it up, or this is going to be a four-hour podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, so that's the end. Um, tune in next week. We're going to be interviewing Modular Combat. We'll have those uh, contest winners for you guys, and we'll see you next week. And remember, download and play Radiator and Research and Development, or else. Uh, and drink your own tea. Bye. Bye.